0: Welcome everyone to Dabo's Fingers episode 88, A Dream of Lysine Spring. I am Scatty and with me as always is my buddy, Matt.
1: We are back everybody. Oh, and man, it's going
0: to be back. Completely
1: ready to insert ourselves into your ears, just like the Rogares inserted themselves into King's Landing's social Hey-o. elite. <laughs> so in this episode, we'll be dissecting fire and blood chapter the final chapter the lysine spring and the end of the regency which covers the years uh 134 to 136 ac still early on in the reign of the broken king aegon the third this is the final chapter in fire and blood but we're not done with it yet right Skadi?
0: yeah yeah you remember i mean we recently a quick <laughs> a quick recap of what we've done we did the whole set oh of novels gosh. we thought by the time those were done we'd have wins we don't so like, well, what do we do now we thought for sure there'd be an announcement by the time we finished dunk egg wasn't we dove right into the novellas which kind of we did that kind of right as fire and blood was coming out or had come mm-hmm. out and right. and, so we're like, and so we realized that they tied together really closely so we dovetailed our, our novella coverage with fire and blood but that meant we had to start fire and blood right smack dab in the middle Right. So like i think to-
1: we i think we like transitioned over fully to fire and blood at the dance right yes i think like, so like, because it had a lot well, more we detail finish it off and yeah.
0: yeah it had a lot more detail in the dance components and so we just basically said yeah we're covering fire and blood and also that includes these this last novella too total <laughs> totally organized just like we always are right <laughs> wouldn't so, have us any other way but then we're like well i guess let's just keep going right like let's uh-huh. keep going through because there's not much left so after the dance is over yeah yeah, we we kept Mm -hmm. going and this episode will be the last like you said the last episode of fire and blood uh for the end of the book but we're gonna do a reach around
2: (laughs) big reach uh, around
0: big old reach around get a good grip on the front of the book and start at chapter (laughs) one yourself over yeah Aegon's conquest there -hmm. will be some it'll be a reach around conquest Uh, it's my so,
1: favorite way to be conquested.
0: <laughs> so if anyone's reading along instead of just listening to our inanity, uh you can go back and catch up a little bit on Aegon's Conquest, the beginning of Fire and Blood, because that's where we're gonna go back to. And after that, well, well we'll see. We got some ideas. We got some ideas. We yeah. we were we were gonna have an idea come back from from a break with, and we kind of thought about them and, and decided to put that decision off a little bit. But mm-hmm. we'll be going to Fire and Blood for now. Yep. Let's finish
1: it off. We might as well. It's, it's kind of Star Warsy, right? We kind of started at episode four Ooh. In, in Fire and Blood, and now we're circling back around to the prequels.
0: Yeah, but now you've just set a real dire outlook for what we do after Fire and Blood. Oh, boy. Get <laughs> JJ on the phone.
1: Hey. <laughs> uh been texting kathleen kennedy um listen i like her she's a babe well i wasn't that's not what i meant but all right swing uh what did you do during all this time off scott it's been it's been uh what three months since we've since we've recorded something
0: uh about (laughs) yeah yeah uh two and a half i think since we released anything uh, yeah. which which I feel some level of guilt about uh to be honest but also it really? was uh yeah some I I feel I feel like it was a little long I was I was probably ready a couple weeks ago but I was also wasn't, I was also super busy Wasn't our last break even longer than this one though? Oh, I don't know. I think it was. I
1: don't know. I, I don't know. I feel great, man. <laughs> I'm glad you do.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you do. Uh, love you all <laughs> more on that more on that later. Uh so yeah, what um I mean there was some stuff we did that was related to the fandom. First of all, we both had guest spots on Girls Gone Canon. Oh, that
1: was a blast.
0: It super was. And you know, we don't we don't guest that much for uh you know various reasons, I guess. Um but but probably because we're so selfish with our own with our own cast to never have people come on as part of it. Um, but they brought us on, and uh, man, I had a blast.
1: Yeah, you did a really great job. Scott's episode was super insightful. I I believe there was one Twitter comment. I think it was from Warren, who's a big Girls Gone mm-hmm. Canon fan. He said that uh, it man. was the yeah. best, the best podcast episode, the Song of Ice and Fire related that he'd ever heard. It was yours that you did with them? So uh... that's huge, man
0: that's effusive praise thank you for that uh, warren i think uh yeah I don't, I don't know what to say i'm really bad with compliments thank you
1: what is a compliment
0: uh, <laughs> but if if i can uh return the favor uh you know i feel like your episode was just balls of laughter over and over and over again not, just joke don't know how much joke, there was stacked once, upon but. joke it was just it had me chuckling and sh- chortling the whole way through i listened to it twice laughed
1: uh yeah it was fun to it was fun to to it was it was interesting to not be with you on a podcast episode right and yeah. to be without my my other half and and see how we held up and and the girls commented on that it's like we kind of wanted to isolate both of you and see what we could get and
0: yeah. they're we trying got to break something. us up that's for sure they're trying to break us up but what we have can't be denied <laughs> it's not gonna happen man <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i had done a couple <sighs> things without you before so i had done that a little bit um right but yeah anyway so yeah that, anyway. Was, that was a blast uh you did some work for the podcast i was pretty lazy you did some work for the podcast over the break didn't you
1: not as much as I should have done, but uh, I did go over to DavosFingers.com. We talk about it every episode, but we neglect it otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> and um, just just uh, gave it a little bit of a refresh, updated it with all of our episodes uh, and, and a few other things. Still some work to do on it. I definitely have plans, and if I put it out there into the podcast world, maybe it will make me more accountable. Uh, got plans to make like a media page where I can throw up some of the... Some of the extracurriculars that Scott and I have done uh, through the songs and performances, uh, dramatic performances done at Ice and Fire Con, things like that. We'll put all those up at uh, DavosFingers.com so that you can find them real easily. They're not there yet. I don't know that they'll be there when the episode releases, but now I am locked in by saying what I've said.
0: Lock it up! Yep. Well, you you were better than I was. I had made some commitments that I still haven't followed through on yet, that I am working on. Uh, we'll get yeah, we there. both have. So, what else? What, what did have. you do non non podcast related?
1: Oh man, you know, I just took it easy. Our last break, I hit the songwriting really hard. I remember. And and um, I remember coming back from break still feeling a little tired. And so this time, I I did a lot and I stayed busy. But nothing super like focused like that. I read a lot of books. Hmm. I I watched a lot of shows. I didn't watch that many shows, and just like did stuff around the house. Crossed off stuff off the honey do list. Um, let's see. I read Fellowship of the Ring, which pales to you reading the whole trilogy, right?
0: Yeah, I, um, do. I mean, I didn't. Not about paling, but yes, I did read the whole thing.
1: I read some Star Wars books. I read the new Thrawn Star Wars book and uh you know what one was really good? Hmm. Was the uh was was um the Last Jedi novelization. Really? It gave some gave some cool insights that the sh- the the film leaves out. Who wrote that? Oh, it's not heck I know.
0: It doesn't matter. It's okay.
1: I I don't remember the guy's name. He's not a common star wars writer
0: yeah but, but. cool that's cool uh yeah you know I, i'm i'll keep my day jason to fry jason fry he is a star wars guy i read one of his one of his well he's done some i think he wrote one of the shorts that i read um okay The little novella things that they put in the middle of books sometimes mm-hmm. um but I've seen his
1: name, yeah. Ooh, I saw I saw Dave Matthews band again. Ooh. That was a sacred experience over nice. the summertime. Nice. Um, worshipped at the Church of Dave. Uh arguably the best Dave concert I've ever seen. This was show number seven for me Jeez. of theirs. And uh arguably the best one. So it's a
0: that lot. Was special.
1: Man. Good was special. It. Yeah.
0: I'm glad. Yeah. All right. I know that's uh that's that's your jam. That's what kind of keeps you going. I think we all have those things.
1: Yep, I just need to go to a concert. I was there. I like I couldn't find anyone who was available to go with me. And honestly, I didn't try that hard because I don't mind going to concerts by myself. Yeah, I'm I feel the same way about movies. To go to concerts with, anyways, because I'm just there for the music. I'm not there for the social part of it, so I don't really talk to whoever I'm with. Yeah. I just kind of get lost in the, in the tunage. And, uh, so I was, I was totally fine.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. concerts, movies, it, it totally makes sense to go alone. I think. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Glad we feel that way. Let's keep going to things alone. <laughs> together. Except clerks, <laughs> except, uh, Jay and Bob. I want to go to that with you.
1: Uh, I hear you. Yeah.
0: Cosplay. I don't know if we'll get that
1: far, but. Who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? Who are we're not going to cosplay?
0: No, I have a good idea. <laughs> if Ice and FireCon happens, I have a good idea for that. For cosplay, oh for the yeah, I can yeah, cosplay. But uh, that's a long way away. I am full. Just, mm. just I forgot we're talking to an audience here. <laughs> I am totally going to Ice and FireCon. By the way, everyone, we're not sure about Matt yet, uh, but I will be in. Mm. Um, but uh, if we both go, there might be a. A fun cosplay event there um right. all right um my summer was uh my, my summer break was even lazier than yours i did nothing from the honeydew list barely <laughs> even managed to mow my <laughs> lawn most okay. weeks uh i did read <laughs> lord of the rings though it was amazing a little slow uh, i hadn't read it in since i was in college like 18 years ago or something um yeah a little slow but very nostalgic things that kind of brought back a lot of memories um my very brief notes are that faramir and Aowen are fucking badasses uh Gollum yeah, is sure. a little more unbalanced than i remember i remember feeling like the peter jackson thing took a few too many liberties with um that whole double-sided personality thing but it's totally in there and i just didn't remember it very well i guess um and uh, yeah i loved it it was great a, li- a little slow at times but great
1: kudos to you for getting through it man. yeah
0: beyond that i watched a ton of stuff a good place Mm -hmm. i watched uh this series called qb1 which is about high school quarterbacks uh Mm -hmm. another high school Mm -hmm. show about a community college called last chance you uh i watched Mm -hmm. oh we're in the middle of 13 reasons why which is a trip uh for parents man i don't know man i just watched. yeah i watched a lot of stuff good yeah it's a good time to do it because we don't get the chance to otherwise yeah sometimes perhaps we should get to the podcast but mm-hmm. yeah
1: we should we, we should. should we've uh, we've talked too long
0: but one more note before we do five years mm-hmm. man it kind of came and went during the break but we've been doing this shit for five years it's like my 30th birthday just came and it went well, i'm damn near 40 now yeah <laughs> Yeah. Congratulations, man. Not there yet. I have not lived there. I've not got there yet. We'll see if I make it. We will. Dude, we've made it
1: 5 years.
0: Yeah, it's I don't
1: know if we thought we'd make it 5 months back in the day.
0: 5 minutes or episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> it is where it is. Pat each other up. Pat each other on the back. Good job. Yeah, we need, we need
1: to do like a a 5-year special episode i don't even know what we do on it how Mm. about we just have everybody record something really nice that they want to say to us and then we'll put it on a podcast episode and makes them do the work that's so lazy
2: and us yeah (laughs) that's awful (laughs) don't you
1: think that'd be a great idea no don't you listeners kalisar blood riders want to
0: do that for scott and i (laughs) you basically want them to get on their knees and perform fellatio on us over their microphones and send it to us so we feel good about ourselves. This this sounds shallow even for us. Dude, we're five years in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You guys know I'm teasing, right? Absolutely, I know you're teasing. Okay, all right. But yes, we made it five years.
0: 2014 is when we started this thing. It's insane. Uh, I had a two-year-old. I had, my second son was just born like a week before we started. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on. Um, I don't even think we need to say this anymore, but there is no Davos After Dark in this episode. Uh, this is all historical stuff. We've already covered everything in the main series. Basically, we go anywhere and everywhere we want to go in this episode. So if you're worried about spoilers, bye. See
2: you
1: in yep. a little
0: while. We probably don't
1: need to say this either, but you can always find us. You can uh, bring up topic, topic suggestions for future episodes. You can ask questions, um, make comments, whatever you want, through davosfingers.com, um, where you can find all of our past episodes now. You can email us at wearedavosfingers at gmail.com. We're on Twitter all the time at davosfingers. We're also on Facebook. And you can learn more about our Patreon program at patreon.com slash davosfingers.
2: That
0: Patreon program that will be start getting a lot more attention in the next few weeks. Hope so. We promise. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> uh, speaking speaking of, of them, yeah, yeah. Should we go ahead and give some shout outs?
1: Yes, let's do it at our dirty cab driver level. We'd like to shout out uh, the following and thank them for their support: Lady Fatass Red, Jeff H, Archmaester June, Healer of the Lesser Poxes, Jeremy
0: L, Jamie K, Donnerus. Colin U. Uh, Alexander G. Uh-huh. Gib. Gene. Ghost Chase Club. The Bard. Wait, no, that's the next one. <laughs> the Bard of
1: Legends, Aaron M. Yes, also Bard of all things
0: Star Wars. Um, Cat Spearborn. And, of course, uh, our newest 10 dollar patron, I think, Jay Hunt. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, at the reach-around level, we've got, um his lovely wife, B-Word, oh, the queen
0: beyond the wall. And our team John Level, Misa, our queen of gifts and beauty. Thank you for your support, indeed. everyone. We Everybody, appreciate Everybody, all of our we patrons. appreciate it very yes. much, yes. Let's jump in, Matt. You got a summary for us? Catch us back up, man.
1: Let's do it. Let's Let's catch us back up. It's been a while for some of you. I know Justin mentioned on Twitter that he was just listening to our most recent episode before this one today. So it won't be that that long of a wait for him, but some of you, we need to catch up a little bit. So where are we at? The boy king, Aegon III, broods upon the Iron Throne when he's sitting on the Iron Throne mm-hmm. as Westeros continues to lick its wounds following the devastating events of the Dance of the Dragons and the Winter Fever. Out of his life is the power-hungry former Hand of the King Unwin Peak. And into his life is the young, vibrant, and enchanting queen, the child Daenerys. Uh, the mar- miraculous return of Prince Viserys, who's lost during the Dance of the Dragons Aegon had never quite recovered from, has further improved the spirits of the young king. And in the company of his wife, Lara of, light of, are we going to say Lys or Lys?
0: I say Lys, but I also say Lysenny, so...
1: All right. In the company of his wife, Lara Roger of Lys, Viserys becomes Aegon's constant companion once again as the king, presided over by his dwindling team of regents, prepares to rule a seven kingdoms united not even in name. Dude,
0: the end of that kind of reminded me a little bit of like a Star Wars crawl.
1: I totally, I'm glad you said that. Yes, mission accomplished. <laughs> I meant it to kind of be like a Star Wars-y.
0: The, the dwindling team of thing. regents is what got me. Nice. Dwindling team of regents, prepares to rule us. It's, it's good stuff. All right. Uh, okay, let's dive in. So we are starting with the beginning of the chapter. Uh, for, to start it off, let's go with a quote. Peace reigned over King's Landing. Beyond the city, however, 134 AC would not be a year to remember fondly. And I've got these little questions that are, I'm going to just throw out at the beginning of uh, of every section here. Uh, Just to kind of, again, as part of a little bit of a catch-up for people, because it's been a little while for some of this stuff. And Mm -hmm. Matt, you can feel free to answer if you want, uh, but it's not meant to be a test for you. Um, Right. So if you don't want to answer, just wait and I'll give the answer. The first good-to-be-back question is, who is Corwin Corbray married to?
1: And the answer
0: is the more amenable more docile uh more handleable reyna <laughs> after her twin sister bala wed alan Oakenfist, that's alan valerian uh rashly without getting consent from anybody those in power quickly moved to get reyna married uh as well in hopes that she would produce an heir before the crazy bala did uh she was agreeable and picked Corbray, corwin Corbre. Who was this would be his second wife now. However, no heirs were forthcoming, though she did miscarry once. So that's just a quick catch up on Corwin Corbray, who we'll talk a little bit about. Yep. So, <clears throat> to start off the chapter, there's change in the air, as Matt alluded to in the in the summary there. Um we begin the tale a little bit on a sour note. Manfred Mouton is replaced by Sir Corwin Corbray of the Vale as one of Aegon's Ag- regents cause he fucking died. Yeah. By Manfred. As Mouton. they do. Yep. Uh, we barely knew ye, we won't miss ye. Uh, Lord Thaddeus Rowan, also in his hand, uh, is the one that makes that move. He's, of course, replacing Unwin Peak. Uh Good news, though, Lady Lara is with child. As they say, death must pay for life, I guess. So maybe they should mm-hmm. name the child Manfred Mouton. Uh, this is a thing... It's George... appropriate. <laughs> this is a thing George does... And the fingers are just here to remind you. Frequently he pairs these life and death things together in his writing. Hmm. So, uh, there is also going on uh, a devastating winter going on in the north. Uh, It's way bad up yonder. Winter's not letting up. It's gotten so bad that men are selling themselves into slavery so their families can eat. Or even worse, selling their wives and kids into slavery so that they can eat. There's, no, there's nothing right. up there. People are eating their dogs. It's bad, friends. Uh, on top of that, the Night's Watch is decimated, except the version of decimated that takes a third instead of a tenth, whatever that's called. Uh 3rd Third-inated. And, wa- third, and yep. wildlings are walking across the frozen sea into Ooh. the north. Pretty crazy. That's
1: not like some ominous potential
0: foreshadowing foreshadowing yeah right yeah totally could be totally could Mm -hmm. be and uh, you know what but it brings up something i've always just thought was dumb like can't the wildlings build canoes and just paddle like five miles i mean i know they they kind of set up that that bay there is kind of treacherous but like right feels like they wait for a calm day they paddle five miles past the wall instead of trying to climb 700 feet over a wall that defend itself for that matter, these magical ice beings, they can't figure boats out either? Nothing?
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, you got Mormonts on one side and you got others on the other side. I don't know if if, uh, if the mainlanders wouldn't find them out pretty quick. But then the question is, if you got enough wildlings, could they overpower whatever defenders were kind of there to stop them?
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I we, we see in the in the opening chapter, not the prologue, but the opening chapter of a Game of Thrones, uh, we see that some of them made it all the way down to the the wood of Winterfell. Um, certainly, you know, I mean, the, yep. the North is huge. I'm sure they could lose themselves in the wilderness. I mean, certainly that's what yeah, they're trying you, to do when they climb. But you definitely want smaller
1: parties, like they do, yeah, yeah to escape notice. But so.
0: yeah, in in mass, it would be difficult, right? Like right. an army, manse's size would be tough. Um, right. Yeah. Sure, I, I get that. Um, but part of me started wondering, like, you know, there's all, all sorts of theories out there about the world and how the magic works. And is it is it a globe? And does it bend around? And all, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff out there. Um, but part of me wondered if, like, I know you're not a huge football guy, but, like, you ever hear them, like, when they're talking about the goal line and how, like, they used to you say the all the, the time. Plane. The, the cross is the plane, but the plane actually extends around the world. Right and comes back across the other line, kind of. So, like, if you if you're out of bounds, but you hold the ball past the pylon, it actually technically counts. You ever heard them talk about this? I wonder if the wall of the magic of the wall kind of extends that that way too.
1: I've I was the same thought just went into my head. If it kind of invisibly goes out over the water, yeah, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like it's magic.
0: Yeah, does I don't know. Good question. I totally incepted that into your brain right now. Anyway, the NFL is back, guys. I don't, I don't, I don't know who cares, but it's back. Playing right it's now. It's back.
2: You have
1: gotten some heat,
0: Scat, for not doing the Davos fingers fantasy league too. I know, dude. I'm just a little burned out on fantasy football. I'm in three leagues that are pretty intense, and uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I failed. Maybe next year. Get on your knees, boy. Especially, I think it was Lindsay on Twitter. Yeah. She was upset. Yeah. And a man's man as well, who's uh, a friend. Uh, You know, he was like, hit me. Not anymore. Several times. Yeah, not anymore. He's moved on now. (laughs) Anyway, maybe next year for fancy football, guys. Okay, continuing on. Uh, There's also power struggles in different places uh, in... in, Westeros. Uh, Westermen are now attacking the Iron Islands. The Ironborn are going to Ironborn. This time on each other, though, as they fight for the Red Kraken's funeral scraps. Remember who the Red Kraken is? His name was Dalton Greyjoy. Uh, He Mm -hmm. was a pretty successful leader uh, for the Ironborn, but was uh, taken down by one of his own paramours. uh, Thrown out of castle, I think? Anyway... Um, so they're fighting over his scraps, trying to see who's going to lead him. Um, in name, Toron Greyjoy should inherit, but the Ironborn follow strength, kind of, and aren't real above a little nefarious, stabby stabby. So the Red Kraken's three sisters grab him and start their own thing. Uh, half-brother to Toron Roderick is put forth by some cousins, and then a guy named Sam Salt, who's descended from the Black Line, also throws his hat in the ring, um... The Black Line. I don't know if you guys remember this. Um, it's it's covered in the the World Book and other places. But uh, Hor uh was king was the last king of Isles and Rivers, and he's the guy that uh, made Hall erect um, from before Aegon the first time. Yeah, I said it. Um, so he's claiming he's claiming lineage from that guy. So they're like, hey, put me in there. I'm related to him. He was badass, And he was. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, so Leo Costain has has stayed there uh, from from before when they kind of were trying to expel the Ironborn from from the West with the Lannisters. He used his fleet um, and a bunch of Lannister men to capitalize on the disarray in the Iron Islands and take them for the Lannisters. It didn't work fully, uh, but mm-hmm. the blood debt debt did get paid. He did this. Home. Did it ever? Yeah. Lots murdered innocents, burned ships, killed nine Kraken cousins, three sisters, and a bunch of Lordy Lords. Uh, he stole their food, ensuring starvation uh, for many. Um, they gelded Roderick and made him a fool in Lannister Town. Um, and, and he kind of, it looks maybe like he did this all for a promise. Joanna promised to marry him.
1: The things we do for love.
0: The things we do for love.
1: Yeah. You know what this reminded me of? Uh, Kind of the opposite happening in the main series, right? Where the Greyjoys wait for a power struggle in Westeros when you've got kind of a three way fight going on with Rob and Stannis and everyone. And then they invade the mainland, right? Obviously, they weren't super successful. At all, but the invasion happened kind of the other way around. So this was kind of interesting to see. This time, it's the power struggle of the Greyjoys and Costain and the Lannisters
0: come and invade them. But I mean, while there's
1: this turmoil,
0: I was going to say humanity, but I'm not. That might be too broad. Like, planetos, man, people are dicks. Just people are dicks. Let them figure out who's ruling them. Stop going and capitalizing Ugh, humanity i mean they deserved Bloods it right crips man yeah the iron board deserved it right well. i mean they were reaving and killing and doing all sorts of bad stuff i'm not saying they don't deserve it but just the opportunism is just blah.
1: as always the people who are doing the reaving deserve it yeah the, the 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 women and children just living on Pike definitely don't deserve it. Sure,
0: and they get the so it is. They get so it the, is. Yeah, they get the tough end of the stick sometimes. Uh, there's also a succession crisis going on at the Vale. Uh, everywhere you go, people are people, man. The Vale also doesn't want to play nice with each other. Lady Jane Aaron feels like she has been around, feels like she's been around forever to me, but uh, she died and left a mess. When are these people going to learn? Yeah. You need a clear succession plan, right? And this needs to be cleared up well in advance. Uh, she had one; they just didn't like it. Yeah,
1: I'm looking at you, Sir like Joffrey. The first. Aaron is, is, is my is my guy. Yeah, no, you're right about Viserys.
0: So, yeah, no, you're right. She's she does leave some instructions. She leaves some instructions. Uh, Sir Joffrey Aaron, Knight of the Bloody Gate, seems cool. I guess. Been loyal to her for a long time, uh, yep. but he's like the fourth goddamn cousin, and that's mm-hmm. that's bypassing a lot of a lot of Falcons, a lot of errands. So yeah, there's a
1: first cousin who's ready and willing.
0: Exactly, but he's crazy. Yep. And he's in jail, <laughs> so so his kid, uh, his kid, uh, rises up on his behalf, um, and tries to free him, and then a worse claim comes forward as well from heir aaron the leader of the Town errands i mean he's got money so i guess that makes it you know possible feasible so he uses cell swords right. and bribery to press his claim and is this that thing where just everyone claims to be an aaron like you just do it my turn yeah. what's funny about arnold is he he wants
1: to be the heir. But he was imprisoned, like you said. And the reason he was imprisoned, because it was the second time that he had attempted to rebel against
0: Lady Jane. Yeah, he had rebelled twice before. This would be the third time, actually. Oh, um, uh, it says imprisoned after his second failed rebellion. Yeah. Um, but now he's sprung for this rebellion, right? By his son. Yes, this would be so, number. So this is number three. Right, he's making a he's making a <laughs> mad grab, yeah, yeah, just like come on, yeah, come on, yeah, try, try again. <sighs> I uh, Suppose for his part, Rowan did try to send food to the north and stop the fighting lots of times, but basically, no one's listening, and that uh, that leads me to a, a little quote uh, from from the section. Though well liked, neither Thaddeus Rowan nor the boy he served were feared and it's it's the lack of dragons, Matt. Like th- yeah. These people are unruly because they can be managed no more, right? They're they don't have that death star hanging over them anymore.
1: And Aegon kind of recognizes this towards the end of what we're going to cover today. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to um, it. Yeah. But too little, too late, buddy.
0: Also, what are you going to do? And he's got reasons for feeling that way, but we'll get to all of that. Sure. Yep. Yeah. That's uh that's pretty much the end of the section. You got anything for this this area here?
1: Not not that we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, we do have a question from the Calisar, though. We do. Uh, from our uh, patron, Quala, Qualston Calisjan, Calisjan. Sounds like a cream. Um, <laughs> our, our friend Anthony, a, a patron and one of our best pals, one of our best buddies. I think the world of Anthony. Um, he asks us though, this will be an interesting question for both you and I, How are your culinary skills? Are you a hot pie in the kitchen? What's the best meal you can cook?
0: Uh, there's a few questions in there. My culinary skills are awful. I am a hot pie in the kitchen, but not in the sense that he means in just in the sense that I eat everything. Um, Uh, I don't know what that is. Was that, was that an American pie reference that I'm going to fuck the pies? I, I think that's where you were going i'll run with it no i don't i don't fuck uh now we're there maybe maybe <laughs> when i hit rock bottom on my 40th birthday i'll get to fucking baked goods but i'm not there yet Matt. uh guys let's all send scad pies for his fourth, 40th <laughs> oh my gosh that'd be amazing uh What's the best meal you can cook? I I can't cook any good meals. I can grill some things. I'm I've gotten Come on. I've gotten pretty good with with brats. Uh I can do some uh-huh. good barbecue chicken. Um uh, which if you guys haven't figured it nice. out, chicken thighs way better and easier to to deal with than chicken breasts on the grill. So that's just a little recommendation from me.
1: Right. Not quite as luck
0: yeah yeah the flavor the flavors is better too anyway
1: i i cook outside too i'm like you the food i prepares prepared outside uh we've got a smoker and i smoke everything i can get my hands on i mean that in a couple ways wow. um the, but i love smoking stuff uh, especially parts of cows um and my culinary skills have notoriously been non-existent. I was coddled as a child, and my mom made all my food for me. And then I married a fantastic cook. But recently, I've tried to pull my weight a little more. This is also something I did over my DF summer break, is I've tried to uh, proactively learn to learn to cook, man.
0: You are such a better and, human than me.
1: Whew, don't say that until you've eaten my food. Uh, but I made some uh, baked ziti the, the other day, and I made some French dip sandwiches with au jus and everything the other day.
2: Not bad.
0: Um, but that
2: probably... sounds suspiciously
0: like something you grilled, though. The I, French dip. Yes.
1: <laughs> and shredded it. Um, I actually did it in the slow cooker this time. Oh, okay. In the, in the crock pot. First time I've ever used a crock pot.
0: Yeah, I've crock potted a few things. I can handle that.
1: It's so easy why haven't I ever done it before yeah. but I'm, I'm all telling my wife I'm like really all I do is just leave it in here
0: yeah that's
1: it but uh the best thing I can cook is is I can do a pretty pretty mean steak on especially on the smoker now um nice. do a flaming yawn or whatever mm. yeah. daddy okay <laughs> let's move to <laughs> Lara and the Rogares. Do you Please. pronounce
0: it Rogare too? I do pronounce it that way. Yeah, I All pronounce right. it Lara quote, though.
1: But Lara.
0: Well, but okay. You know, whatever.
1: No one's perfect. Okay. Um, the quote for this section, and then we'll we'll get to Scad's question. Is had Lady Lara and her brothers been Westerosi, they might have been admired and celebrated, but their foreign birth foreign ways, and foreign gods made them
0: objects of mistrust and suspicion instead. Yeah. Good to be back question. Who procured Viserys from obscurity? And the answer is Alan Valerion. This actually happened. Drazenko Roger cornered him in Dorne and told him to come back to Lys because he had Prince Rhaegar, or Prince, uh, Prince Viserys. He then negotiated poorly to get Viserys back. And oh my gosh! The rest is history. Yep. Little just to bring you back, little history.
1: Torin Manderly addresses that later, but yes, he does. We will get to that. Yes, so we we've got Lady Lara Rogier. She comes with Viserys across the sea. He's like twelve at the time that he comes over. She's like sixteen or seventeen. Go get him, Viserys. Um, and she's here living in King's Landing now, but still very set in, in her customs and her ways coming from Lise. She makes no effort really to learn the common tongue. She hangs on to her own servants. Um, she, she has clothing imported from Lise that she continues to wear. She keeps her same Lysene guards, and she worships her same Lysene gods. There's some cool gods in Lysene, in Lys, uh, Pantera yeah Pantera yeah right um you've got Bacalon of the sword you've got Sagail the giver of pain
2: yeah, why is that a god
0: there? why is this a I, god I'd, I, I, that's my first question why is the giver of pain a god this does not sound you got it. you gotta have pain so to
1: enjoy the pleasure I guess yeah. I don't
0: know yeah, full
1: full uh, respect anyways.
0: to Pantera god I, this mm-hmm. is this is people are crazy about the gods uh, about the seven specifically in king's landing i talked about this a little bit with the the love of girls gone canon a bit too you you can't pe- make people change their gods they fear it and if if they're introduced all of a sudden all these ideas that challenge the stuff that's ingrained deep down in there man they get uncomfortable quick they get uncomfortable quick and and do they ever? People
1: just run amuck with this stuff. Who needs TMZ when you've got King's Landing small folk? Indeed. Um, cats were seen coming and going from her chamber so often that men began to say that they were her spies, reminds us of Varys a little bit, purring at her in soft voices of all the doings in the Red Keep. Uh, then the, those rumors, of course, grow to her being a cat and she goes around prowling the gutters and rooftops of the city. Then that, of course, goes to uh, her being able to turn into a man. Sounds great. I wish I could do that. Go to brothels on you know as a dude, and uh, and and enjoy some sexual experiences kind of from the other side. So you know.
0: Every time uh,
1: things get crazy, I love it. I love the imaginations of these people, but
0: because of fear, because of baseless, oh, nah, because it's just different, right? Let's Trial, talk about
1: this now. This trials, is we gotta talk
0: about, trials in our times. I was gonna say, it, what does hitting, this make you think it's just of? It's getting way too close to home right now. <laughs> I, missed, I missed the Democratic <laughs> primary debate today, and me too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're scared of what
1: we don't understand and don't know. And we automatically take it as a threat, right? As a threat to us. Um, I may be jumping the gun a little bit. We're going to get into her brothers that are there and stuff. But from what I can see, tell me if you've seen something I'm not scared. They pose other, other than the imposing figure of Moreto Rogare, her brother, I see very little actual threat that the Rogares posed to Westeros' safety and security.
0: Um, well, again, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, my friend. Uh, but they, they do, through this deal that they engineered with Alan Valerian, they have put a lot of people's money at risk by bringing it over from the Iron Bank to the this uh, Rogare bank. So that yep. that is a risk. Um, it's a I risk. I don't think I don't think that's a risk that the people understand. That's not why this xenophobia is taking over of these people. They're they're right. afraid of them because risk. they're strange and weird uh, to them, yep. right? But but it is definitely um, you know putting 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 the realm at you know a scary place, right? Who knows
1: what they would have done in the future. But as far as we can see, you know, Lotho's just trying to run his bank and do a good job. Rogerio's just trying to run his pillow house. Moreto's just trying to protect his sister as the head of her guards. Totally. We we don't have any evidence of nefariousness going on.
0: Yeah, Um, I mean... Anyways. I mean, Rogerio's fucking tiki room brothel uh, feels... (laughs) Again, a little bit strange culturally, but I feel nice. like that kind of flies with brothels. They're, they kind of they go for themes and stuff. Um, yeah. And and even if it is weird culturally, so what? Fuck off. He's fine. He's running a business. He's running his business. Yes,
1: just like all the other owners, and he's got lots of clientele. He's doing very well. Okay. Anyways, let's talk about this. This then. So Lara Roger, I've jumped the gun considerably, is not the only uh, member of the Roger family in Westeros right now. With her comes three of her brothers. She has more siblings and, and everything over oh, still in lease, but she, three particularly come with her. We've already mentioned them. She has her brother Moreto, an imposing warrior figure who is head of her guards. You have Lotho, who is running a bank um, over on Visenya's Hill, and it, it kind of starts to rival the iron bank and stuff and and actually does very well people start transferring their funds as Skad said from the iron bank to lotho's bank and and the early returns on investment have been very strong um rogerio is the third brother he starts a pillow house in king's landing called the mermaid and i thought this was funny um so there's a paragraph that talks in, in Fire and Blood that talks about these three brothers. Lotho gets, like, a sentence. Um, Moreto also gets a sentence. And then the rest of this fairly long paragraph is all Maester Glilden, um describing Ruggiero's pillow house.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just thought that was funny. <laughs> but... He's like, Yeah, Moreto commanded his sister's guards. Lotho set about establishing a branch of the Roger Bank on Rosario's Hill or on Vicenia's Hill. But Rogerio opened an opulent lysine pillow house called the Mermaid, filled it with parrots from the summer islands, monkeys, exotic girls and boys from every corner of the earth,
0: and just keeps going. It's like this guy's a horn dog. He loves it. He but... really does.
1: Yeah. He really does.
0: It's funny you've noticed you've noted that maybe Rogerio is the one that stands out. I think it's Moreto. It's like one of them's a wealthy bank guy that runs a bank. One of them starts uh-huh. a business as a brothel. The other guy's just <laughs> captaining a few guards. Right, right. <laughs> Protect
1: and sis. Anyways, uh, let's see. So, but across the sea, uh, you still have the rest of the Rogare family and they are doing very well. Chief amongst the Rogares is Lara's father, Lysandro, Um, and he's got his brother, the aforementioned Drazenko and they are, uh, doing super well to the point that people are very much afraid, as we talked about that with the Rogares essentially ruling lease, uh, Lysandro being that, that main guy and they, in all but having a crown on their head, are pretty much running that country right now. Um, Westeros is worried. They're, they fear that uh, the Roger's are going to make a, a push into King's Landing, despite any evidence to the contrary, like we talked about. Um, but people were saying that, uh, what were they saying? Lotho was buying men with all his gold. Rogerio was seducing them. Meredo was frightening them into submission because he was such a scary warrior guy. All of this stuff.
0: And Laura's um, in charge of it all. And Lara
1: is running the show, her and her queer Lyceen gods who held the strings, and that she was playing the king, the little queen, Prince Viserys, just like puppets, blind to what was happening.
0: What, what do you think about that? Nah. I mean, it's interesting because so. this is all in George's hands to tell us whether it's true or not, and he just chooses not right. to. Right. And, yep. uh, you know, like, the fact that he doesn't deny it, or or say it's true I, you know he's messing with us a little bit i guess but you don't really learn a lot about laura
2: mm-hmm. and
0: yep. like whether she's capable of any of this or has ambition at all she certainly likes home and those customs and doesn't want to move on but you don't other mm-hmm. than that like you don't get much and it seems it seems like a bridge too far like by all accounts she could just be like well I married this guy cuz my dad made me
1: and yeah. I'm here in yeah. Westeros now but you know what I love being lysine and I love my gods and I love my clothes and I love my customs and I maybe I have to live here but it doesn't mean I have to I have to go full bush Westerosi so bush. Yes I just said full bush
0: Wow Wow <laughs> Some insights into your life I'm not sure we needed uh, you know <laughs> Going back to the being proud of being from from lease. This, this place seems awful to me. Like princes of lease oh, too, all, I guess. All of them do, right? But we talk on occasion about how it's really no good to sit the Iron Throne. I'm like, why does anyone want to? But yep. the free cities seem worse.
1: They're, They're just, just terrible. I remember the... talking about that when we were discussing the main podcast is like
0: every single one of them. Yeah. This is like no thanks. Maybe Bravos. Maybe, Maybe Bravos. But they'll just cut you, man. They don't care mm-hmm. about like bloodlines or really even money or anything. Like when they think your time is up and they see in advance like you're out. And we'll get to the legal stuff you're later, out. You're but done. goodness gracious, like this place just seems man. Yep. Yep. Anyway, yeah, the Rogares seemed cool to me. Didn't do me any wrong. Right. Uh... Yeah, they're they're kind of just doing their thing.
1: And sure they've inserted themselves into society and, and the pillow the other pillow houses in King's Landing are feeling the heat a little bit and stuff, but I mean that's 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 life, right? Yeah. It's capitalism. Totes my goats. Um, and, and and George George is maybe making a little statement here. Maybe he's feeling the the, the political tension in the world. I don't know. Um he says, quote, that Lotho used his bank and Rogerio his brothel to win friends to their cause goes without saying. Yet in the end, they differed but little from many of the other lords and ladies of Aegon the Third's court, all of them pursuing power and wealth in their own ways. Had Lady Lara and her brothers been Westerosi, they might have been admired and celebrated. But their foreign birth, foreign ways, and foreign gods made them objects of mistrust and suspicion. I already quoted that last part, but... Just doing what everyone else is already doing, man. Yeah. Unwin Peak, for Pete's sakes.
0: Yeah, I mean, they they, in 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 a minute, tiny bit of fairness to the people of King's Landing. They've been fucked over a lot, so like, sure, they're just looking for some stability, and maybe they see anything from within, though. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But like, I think they see any sort of. Any sort of threat, and they're just like, uh, "I'm uneasy." Still, this though, man, it's it, it smacks of awfulness. Yeah, I hate it. We fear change. We fear change. I was going to quote that <laughs> a few minutes ago, but I held it, I held it back. Now you stole it from me. <laughs> With the fucking hammer! Bam! Uh, bam! Bam! All right. <laughs>
1: That might be one of our most quoted passages on this podcast. We've done it a couple times, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, we have, for sure. All right.
0: Let's move to a, another Koala question. Kala question. Um, There's got to be something better than that. I'll put my brain at work on this for next time. Could we, could we please? <laughs>
1: Well, gen, I don't know. On a scale from one to Grand Admiral Thon, Thrawn, Thong. Uh, whew, where am I going? Full bush and now thongs. That's not bad a good combo. It's com- <laughs> bad combo. <laughs> Gene, our buddy Gene. Congrats on your nuptials, buddy. Just got married uh, during our summer break. Didn't That's invite right. us, but whatever. We could have gone. We weren't doing anything else. To be fair, I believe um, he
0: totally said we could come if he if we thought we actually could. Uh, Anyway, listen, I didn't get a
1: ticket sent to me.
0: Um, (laughs) I'm not sure that was part of the deal.
1: Gene asks, on a scale from one to Grand Admiral Thrawn, how excited are you guys for the next Star Wars movie? Uh, Also the new HBO Watchmen series. Scott's probably more excited for one than the other. Hey, pal.
0: Uh, I would think both of us are more excited for one than the other. They might not be the same one exactly
1: uh i i didn't even know if hbo was doing another watchman or doing a Watchmen series
0: i heard um i'm a little i'm a little worried about the Watchmen to be i mean so Watchmen is if not my favorite graphic novel it's close it's really good um i recommend everyone to go read it if they haven't um a lot of just social commentary and i mean it's just brilliant i'm not gonna go into it but um You know, it kind of like The Hobbit with making three movies. I I don't know how long a Watchmen series lasts, and I wonder what they're trying to do with it. I haven't really looked into it much, Mm. um, partially because I don't get HBO, and so I won't be watching it, uh, at least not to start. Um, But if it's done well, uh, you know, I I could be down with it. It's interesting. The movie they did a while ago of The Watchmen was... Extremely faithful in a lot of ways, uh, a lot of ways that made mm-hmm. it somewhat hard to watch. Sometimes, with superhero movies, it's hard to be faithful because it feels off. The world doesn't translate well. Um, but they made like one major change, and again, I won't go into it, which really set me off. Um, but there's a whole subplot that I'm getting too deep. I'm excited for it. I'm worried about it both. Star Wars, <laughs> uh, same. same same i guess i I've, I've kind of i've tried to detach my emotions a little bit from the movie uh knowing it's the last one wondering how much you can accomplish in one film um and seeing the trailer and all the things they packed in there and what happened with recently at Fanex with canceling the the panel that had hayden christensen and Ian mcdarmid who plays palpatine um if yeah guys i don't know i don't know how much that that news made it like out of
1: it was big Out news Utah for land, Star Wars it?
0: geeks, but I, you uh-huh. know, I don't know how many of our listeners care. But basically, it was at our Comic Con guys which here is in called Salt Fan Lake. X. Yeah, Hayden Christensen, uh, who is uh, young Anakin, not not baby Anakin, but young Anakin, um, and Ian McDiarmid, who played Palpatine in all of the movies but one, I think. Um, he uh, they were going to do a panel together, and and Disney basically said, nuh-uh, you're not doing it." That combined with some, like right before right the before, panel was about to start, like the day before like people were or, or in the room before. sitting down, yeah. And uh, and Kevin Smith, I guess, had had teased something himself. I don't know if you heard this one, Matt, that he had been on set and saw a returning character from previous films uh, huh. give like the performance of their career or something. Um, I, I, that's loosely quoted, um, but basically people are trying to put all the pieces together and saying like oh okay vader or anakin or hayden at least is gonna show up in the last film and so i'm part of me is like hey why didn't he show up at any point during ben's years and be like kylo dude wrong path Mm -hmm. so like why is he doing it now if he can show up as a force ghost anyway long answer to this question i'm excited but nervous I'm excited.
1: I'm excited. I don't know if I'm more excited for Mandalorian than I am for Rise of Skywalker.
0: I I definitely am. But that has as much to do with uh, how content is being distributed these days via movies versus via series, which I'm I'm so over the moon for how these series have gone so far with Netflix and stuff that they've just surpassed movies for me as long they really as you're to dump
1: you can do so much more yeah
0: to dump money into it they can tell better stories than you can in a movie yeah alright my friend should we move on yeah let's move on sorry for making that so long that's what she said <laughs> never heard that <laughs> me neither <laughs> peace and prosperity uh, with a question mark the quote is spring is ever a season of hope rebirth and renewal and the spring of one thirty-five AC was no different. Here's our good to be back question. We're about to cover the birth of Aegon the Fourth. We are currently in the reign of Aegon the Third. Aegon the First was the OG and started it all. But who was Aegon the Second? Hopefully everyone remembers mm. this. He's
2: yeah, Aegon the Third. That long ago? It
0: wasn't that long ago, but it was several months when we covered it. He's Aegon the Third's uncle. Yep. And the reason, at least partially, that Aegon is such a mess, as he fed Rhaenyra Aegon the Third's mom to his dragon sunfire right in front of his eyes um, then of course became king and uh, died via poison for a hot minute yeah Aegon third ruling so yeah. there's your quick history lesson so we have a thriving economy spring is here man and with it is food and better seas and healthier outlooks on life and yada yada, yada. say what you want about those Lyseni bastards, but the economy they brought with them is kicking some ass. Ships are coming and going all over the place. More trade from from lease and all sorts of things. People are eating in the north. That's good. King's Landing is doing great. It's not just King's Landing. The other ports are thriving, too. Uh, the benefits are trickling inland to other towns from there. It, it does make me wonder, though, like, why would you live anywhere other than a port town in a place like this? You know what I mean? Mm. Anyway, Mm -hmm. Uh, more good news. Rihanna is riding mourning. Something else to celebrate here. Lady Rihanna... Dragons are still out and about? There's one at least around, right? Uh, There are (laughs) others. Um, But Lady Rihanna took to the skies with one of Westeros' last remaining dragons. She became an addict, flying all the time and giving the people of King's Landing a sight they had not seen since the days of... uh, Since the days of, like, just four years ago, guys. When they themselves tried to murder all the fucking dragons. Yeah. These people suck. I'm gonna murder and stab all the dragons to death. Oh, look. I love dragons. I miss the dragons. People of King's Landing are the worst. Uh, This did, though, open a bit of a rift with Aegon. He wants nothing to do with dragons. And it eventually causes Rihanna to fly off for Dragonstone. Um with with mourning her dragon.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh we do get though more good news. Birth of Aegon. Shortly after uh she leaves, 13 year old Viserys. Thirteen year old Viserys is made a proud papa.
2: As his yeah. first
0: baby boy is yep. born to, I think it's 19 year old Lara. Lara Roguer. Um and this is again no spoilers here. This this ends up being Aegon the Fourth, Aegon uh, the Terrible. Oh boy, yeah, a- Aegon who fathers Damon who becomes the Blackfire line. Uh, viscera it's interesting. George does this a lot. Uh, the whole kind of good parents have bad ki- bad kids thing. Re- remember uh-huh. Jay Harris and and. Uh... <laughs> and also kind of had just kind of a stable of kids that were kind of a mess in a lot of ways. Um, yep. And Viserys too, yeah, a capable man that we you know will learn more about that in, in this episode, but not a good kid. It's a theme George kind of hits on a lot, I think. Not a good adult either. <laughs> well, yeah. <that>
1: <sighs> uh, yeah, but from his youngest days, he was already beaten on beating on his little brother and stuff like that we'll get to that but
0: yeah 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 he wasn't good as a kid and you know they always say that like when when somebody turns out to be like a really bad adult they're like we never knew as a kid he seemed fine <laughs> i think like sometimes you know just like look past it for sure um Land his dragon so not all targaryen farts smell like roses in 135 ac while Aegon was a blessing the people are still super uneasy with the Lysani presence and that presence is about to get blamed for some bad stuff happening Lyanna oh Val- Valerion that's uh, Alan and Bela's baby girl so um, Bela had, had a little girl they named it Lyanna um, she had her dragon egg hatch But Yay! more dragons no don't get too excited it hatched oh. a malformed evil little creature that bit her in the cradle within moments of emerging. Oh my gosh. But no fear, the hero Oakenfist is there. He tamed the beast by chopping it into pieces. Uh-huh. He probably ate it raw too, because he's a badass.
1: He just like picked it up and just took a bite out of it. Yeah, probably. Yep.
0: Anyway, this was all the excuse Aegon needed to ban dragon eggs from the Red Keep. Yes, that includes oh his gosh. brothers. <laughs> Do you remember this? Viserys used to carry his dragon egg everywhere he went. He's still yeah. fucking doing it. It's his little blanket. Yeah. And you
1: know what? How sweet. Because it was like the only thing that he still had to hold on to yes. so from his years over in Essos. It was his and needle. Like, yeah. It grounded him to Yeah, it was his needle. It grounded him to his family and to Westeros. Aegon's like, nope, sorry,
0: pal. The OG needle. Uh yeah. <laughs> suffice to say that caused a scuffle between them. Uh but wait, there's more. Uh, game on, pale hair, one-time Cunny King. Remember him, King Cunny. Mm-hmm. One-time whipping boy, sometime food taster, an all-time friend of Aegon the Third. Gets sick and dies at dinner, and air almost bought it too. Um, poison, the Maester says, and he says it's in the apple tart. So they put a bunch of people from the kitchens to the question, and as usual, they got a lot of unhelpful questions again. George, thanks for beating us with this stick over and over again. If you torture people, they give you shitty information. Um so they get that you know, they don't figure out who was behind that whole thing at that moment. Yeah. Um we've called Aegon broken before on this podcast. Uh, in fact, I think those are words George uses himself. Uh, mm-hmm. and if Viserys arriving healed him, the death of Gaemon broke him anew. He retreated again away from governance in the realm, and well, everything really um, took it took it really hard. This is a, this is Gaemon is somebody that he kind of treated as a little brother after losing his own, uh, kept him around at all times. Um, he got you know he got the sharp end of the stick a lot too, being a whipping boy and stuff, being you know guinea pig right. for all food, which is what ended up killing him. Um, but this hit. This hit on hard. Sure did, and it's an interesting.
1: Uh, it's an interesting happening. Uh, who do you think did it? Do you have any ideas?
0: Well, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get to it. I imagine it's wrapped up in all the you stuff. You think it's all part of that conspiracy? I assume it is. Yeah. Yeah, I assume so.
1: It's interesting because. People knew, I mean, it was pretty well known that Gaemon Palehair was Aegon's food taster, right? Yeah, I think so. So you'd think that whoever was the poisoner knew that Gaemon would eat it first and would die. They also didn't know shit about Aegon because he doesn't even eat apple tarts. He doesn't like apple tarts. He doesn't like sweets, really. Yeah. So it's like... I, I don't know that they were trying to kill Aegon as much as maybe they were trying to kill a, a Daenerys or they were trying to use Gaemon's death to have an effect on Aegon, which successful it did. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. But, but was he, was he like, really doesn't seem being like an, an effective ruler to... anyway? No. It seems like a weak, like, and maybe oh, that's yeah, why this will to... really get him off track. <laughs> well, yesterday he just stayed in bed all day anyway. Well, I wonder if it was to, because Game On, I don't, don't
1: know that he was the food taster for both the king and the queen, maybe just the king. So mm. if Daenerys did eat oh. and she did get sick, maybe it was meant for her to die so that they could get like a new queen in there. I'm thinking like Unwin Peak, if mm. he's part of this whole plot, trying to make in a second shot at getting his daughter in or something.
0: Well, that yeah, um, that's that's actually what I meant by, I think not, it's not wrapped me. up in, in, in the rest of this that's coming. Um uh-huh. that I, I do I do think it's on one behind it okay but but again he should know that aegon's not gonna eat the apple tarts so you're right it would be the target would be day and era yeah That'd right interesting
1: yep. yeah yeah <sighs> all right um what else here it's all I've got is that it okay. Let's go to another question from the Kalisar. This one from Warren, who's come up already in this episode. Uh, can, can you talk about your favorite hell yeah moments in the series so far? Do you have any that were just like, yeah. I have a lot. I wrote for down me, a few. Go ahead. John John Snow uh, beheading Jono Slint. That was oh, an okay. extremely satisfying moment for me. Um, what What are some of the ones that you have?
0: Bellwas at the gate. Uh Brienne, <laughs> no chance, no choice. Uh uh-huh. Sansa uh, and the descent from uh from uh the Eerie Uh Oh really? Your meat is bloody tough. Uh Battle at the Wall Dracaris Dragon oh, wow. riding uh Danny rising into the skies.
2: Higher, higher.
0: It's interesting, I didn't note any from Fire and Blood. My brain still immediately goes to the main series. Uh Oaken Fist
1: uh, crashing through the fleet and severing that ship, mm. like just like going right through it, cutting yeah. right through it. That was pretty cool. I know politically it wasn't the best move, but it was pretty cool.
0: How about Dunk beating um, the paste out of uh Ariane Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, dragging him through the mud.
1: Mm-hmm. Lifting him up. He, like, lifts him up, right? I thought he dragged him. Tell him. Tell him. Oh, after after, after dragging, he does yeah, that. Yeah. And he, like, yeah. picks him up. He's like, yeah. tell him. Yeah. It was cool. All right. So there you go, Warren. Let us know which ones you liked. Um, let's go Let's go back over to the Vale, Scad. Let's do it. Uh, we, we mentioned there's a bit of a secession crisis over there. And the... Uh, the the, the, the the government decides to get involved. Feds. Uh, the quote <laughs> is, Lord Rowan sent one last flight of ravens to the Vale, commanding those lords supporting the Mad Air and the Gilded Falcon to lay down their arms at once, lest they provoke the Iron Throne's displeasure. When no reply was forthcoming, the Hand took counsel with Oakenfist and, and made plans to bring the
0: rebellion to an end by force. Good to be back question. We're in the veil. How did mm-hmm. Jane gain the veil? You know that one, Matt? It's a, I think this is maybe the hardest one. Well, she gained she's it. She's just a kid. She was. She was three years old in ninety seven AC. And uh yeah, you know, we thought You Agon... mentioned she
1: felt like she's been around forever. Yeah, she has. <laughs> she has. Uh
0: we thought Aegon had to take over young, but 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 she basically took over when she was three because everyone else in her family was killed by clans in the mountains of the moon. So she was kind of it. Uh, she famously sided with the Blacks later, asking only that they send uh, her Dragon Riders to defend the Erie. That's kind of what we know her from. Quick history,
1: man. And uh, she she's she gone now. She's Gone. Uh, rest in peace. She was pretty cool. She yeah. was Pretty cool. Very. I liked good. her. Um, so, and, and like we mentioned before, there's kind of this rebellion in in the Vale. So uh, Corwin Corbray from the Vale himself, House Corbray, comes from that neck of, of the Seven Kingdoms. He goes out there to help settle the secession crisis. He rules that Jane's will must prevail, and he supports who she named his heir, Joffrey Aaron. Joffrey had served, as we mentioned before, 10 years as Knight of the Gate and had been a, an ardently loyal supporter of of lady jane i don't blame her at all for naming him uh, her heir Ar- arnold like we said is more closely re- related being a first cousin but as we mentioned before he twice tried to take her down and she's like no this is not happening so you've got some people that uh This is interesting to me. I'd like to talk to you about this, Scott. Uh, You've got people in the Vale who insist that these laws of inheritance cannot be put aside by the whim of a dying woman. (laughs) What, What are your thoughts on that? In other words, you can't name a fourth cousin as your heir just because you want to, Jane.
0: Power exists where men think it exists. Uh, you can... Power is only what you can take. It's the the themes we've had a lot of times. Um, she can do she can do whatever she wants to do until someone tells her she can't. Um, so... Love it. So, I, you know, do they... Do they have a point? Yeah, I got a point. Also, though, she's making that choice for a reason. The dude that's next in line is a dickbag. So... Right. You know, and crazy to boot. So, um... You know, yeah, they're not wrong, but they're not right either.
1: <laughs> like we've said before, I've ardently thought this since we started this podcast that the rightful heir to the Iron Throne is the person that can sit on the Iron Throne,
0: yeah.
1: uh, that takes it.
0: Jamie Lannister for a few hours,
1: for for a hot minute, and you know what? There you go. Uh, so we mentioned the kind of the other claimant, which was Isambard Aaron, a Goldtown Aaron. He he's they they catch him they imprison him um they end up killing uh, th- by they i mean corwin Corbray and and his men um they end up uh, killing arnold's son eldrick but arnold escapes and flees to runestone where who lives at runestone
0: the royces
1: the, the royces they're kind of cool older family they support Arnold though and they kind of hide him away Uh, and Corwin arrives at the walls of runestone and demands you know to to get Arnold and everything at some point they say when he he like drew his sword which is a really cool cool name sword Lady Forlorn is the Valyrian steel blade of House Corbray. I love that name Lady Forlorn Um, he's struck by a crossbow bolt and is killed whoops I mean, it's one thing to just kill a Corbray. It's another thing to kill a Corbrey who happens to be one of the king's regents. This is seen as an act of treason, and now the sitch is about to get a, a, a lot worse in the Vale. So yeah, you,
0: I, uh, at this point— Sorry, just to j- drop Go something ahead. in. The lack of respect is pretty shocking. Like, what do they uh-huh. really think they're doing on this one? you're going to defy the crown and you don't even have the support of your whole, your whole area there in the veil. Like what do the math? What do you think is going to happen here?
1: Yeah. You support Arnold. <laughs> Say you kill uh, him. You kill uh, Corwin Corbray. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Nothing good. Or, or are you going to change his mind?
2: Yeah.
1: I, yeah. You're idiots. Yeah. You're idiots. Um, <clears throat> Uh, um, I mean, House Royce. What you could have done has been like, listen, it was a mistake. We shot him. That he got shot. Uh, we've we've executed the crossbowman that did it. Uh, we're really sorry. Yeah. All hail Joffrey, Aaron. But nope, they leaned into it, man. They leaned into it, and this kind of three-way rebellion breaks out. You've got people that support. You've got houses that support Joffrey. You've got houses that support Arnold who. Called the, um including the Tullets. I thought that was fun. It's yeah. like the only time I feel like we've heard of the Tullets outside of Dolorous Ed Tullet. Yep. Uh but he comes from stock that supported Sir Arnold. That he actually Arnold actually had a lot of houses that supported him. Royce, the Templetons, um Everyone on the Fingers and the Three Sisters. He had some he had some support. Isambard Aaron didn't have a ton, but Money, uh, anyways, Money. they send forces. That's true. Uh, the crown sends forces to the Vale. And this is interesting. Thaddeus Rowan sends 5,000 men under uh, under his son, Robert Rowan. And they are going to march there by land. They're going to go through the mountains, um, uh, up to the Bloody Gate, and... <laughs> and tack the veil that way they're sending more though um via ship the ships will be commanded by alan oakenfist as you can imagine i love i love that thaddeus rohan just bypasses the royal fleet which is still uh run by gedman peak who is grossly incompetent at what he does and he goes straight to alan valerian and alan's I guess it's his private ships, right? It's the ships that Alan just owns. Um, he contracts with Alan to take uh, troops around up to the Vale via, via the sea. Uh, and uh, But he puts the troops, the actual ground troops themselves, under the command of Moreto Rogare.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting choice. That's weird. It's a bold choice, Cotton. We'll see if that pays off uh yeah i mean uh, he should be disqualified immediately i don't know if you've got there yet really but he doesn't even speak the same language as his men you don't speak the same which, language as your men like communication is key I, i'm you know i'm no beefish on this one and no military experience at all but I, i'm pretty sure that one's true communication is important uh-huh. uh in battle it should have been an immediate disqualification. I think Rowan screwed that one up pretty bad.
1: And it, it ends up having consequences, uh, as we'll see later, um, in terms of people fearing that Thaddeus Rowan has been bought, quote-unquote, by the Rogares. Well, putting someone like Moreto in charge of the troops doesn't go to disprove that rumor very much. Depends on how you feel uh, about
0: dying in battle, I guess. For sure.
1: Yeah. Good point. So, things don't go well with this whole uh, foray over into the Vale. I mean, the, the, the troops that were sent via the mountains under Robert Rowan's command, and they get additional support from people like Benjico Blackwood, uh, the new Triple B, right? Yeah. Um, or the old Triple B, I guess. Did you, did you they just called? deliver
0: a soft T on that? Benjico.
1: Benjico. It's very yeah, French. do you go Benjikot?
0: I do. That's all right, though. I don't care. We'll call We're him Benji. Pretty, <laughs> Triple B is fine. Let's just yeah. make it really confusing.
1: <laughs> but they're joined by those forces, and they... Maester Glilden here makes it a point to talk about how Benjikot Blackwood, he says it a couple of times, that the guy's, like, was more experienced at 14 years old in war than men twice his age. Um, He'd seen so much of it already, <clears throat> but uh, they have a rough go. Those in the mountains, there's very deep snows that have remained from the winter, and the wildlings are just ravenous, and they're constantly under attack from the wildlings. Uh, some of you know who whose descendants we meet in Game of Thrones and beyond with Tyrion. Um, but one little story that we'll tell, and then we'll we'll kind of move forward with our tale of the Rogares, but this is interesting. One night as uh, these, the Crown's troops are kind of encamped in the mountains and they're suffering from the cold, uh, their forces are depleted, they're running low on food, just things are not going well, and they see a cave kind of up the mountain a little ways. They decide to go scope it out and see if it can offer some protection from the elements, uh, and they end up doing what? Rousing a dragon!
0: Whoa. There's a
1: freaking dragon in the cave. Uh, it's like when I was out doing some uh, work in the yard and I'm pulling these weeds and all of a sudden this snake pops out. Uh, it was just a garden snake, though. No big deal. But I still about peed my pants. A little less perilous. Um, yeah, a little less perilous. I mean, 16 people died uh, because of this dragon who you just woken up. And so he this dragon just roasted 16 people 60 more were burned um and then after that the dragon kind of takes off deeper into the recesses of the mountain via the cave with what is quoted as a ragged woman clinging to its back scat i'm gonna let you do the reveal
0: who were the dragon and the ragged woman yeah i think anyways? nettles nettles and sheepstealer, stealer right
2: there they are
0: yeah there they are. So there's um, two dragons, black.
1: two of them. There's two. Yep, morning. got morning. We got sheepstealer. sheepstealer. Um, it, it's there's legends about nettles and sheepstealer that the, the wildlings in the mountains kind of worship her as a, a fire witch. Uh, the 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 maester who writes fire and blood even points out that the most savage of the mountain clans came to worship her, and they would do things by like burning parts of their body in order to like show her how devout they were, right? And we see we see that that actual that mountain
0: clan later in Game of Thrones proper, right? The burned men? Timot son of Timot. I wondered Yeah, I wondered yeah. if that was like the birth of them or whether this was just like another way they used fire to like be badasses. Sure. But I was yeah, I was thankful uh-huh. to get this nugget it feels like maybe he's giving us the the birth story of, of this clan. I didn't I didn't look it up though. I I feel like those clans most of them are yeah, so yeah. old that it, they would have had to go back further than this, but I don't know, maybe not. I looked
1: it up and it, and it didn't really give us too much information. And and maybe they were a clan prior, right? But this is when they started the custom mm. of yeah. of mutilating themselves via fire. Maybe, but, maybe. So, just to close this this little part up, by the time these forces reach the bloody gate a third of the about this point it's about 9000 troops a third of those 9000 are dead including their leader Robert Rowan so Benjico Blackwood takes over um but the by the time they got there the the forces were so decimated and so weak that they actually didn't help at all they became a burden to Joffrey Aaron uh but it does it kind of skips ahead and it says, eventually, Lord Oakenfist and, and Benjako Blackwood forced the Gilded Falcon, who's Isambard Aaron, um, the Mad heir, who's Arnold, the Bronze Giant, who's Royce, and all their supporters to bend the knee and do homage to Joffrey Aaron. So it's kind of like, skip a bit, skip yeah. a bit. Yeah. There you go, Chase. Monty Python. I got to get reference. this thing out before Christmas. Um, so
0: let's just stop writing this part.
1: So it ends up working out. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it worked, it worked out okay. All right, back to nettles real quick. Just like, what a strange life to f- to go to. Uh-huh. Just living in a cave with a dragon, just the two of us. Just the two of us. You
1: know, yeah, a little reminiscent of Danny's plight at the end of Dance with Dragons, just being in the cave. But it sounds like yeah. yeah, nettles is much more permanent.
0: Yeah, but just weird. Stay there until, I mean, the dragon's going to outlive her. So, right. like, what's her, no, I don't know. Anyway, it's a little weird.
2: Did she
1: have something there? Did Damon Blackfire affect her that much? That, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Well, let me ask you this question, Scad. Yeah. From our friend Emily. Uh, Lovely gal. Yes. Absolute joy. Not a an um, ice and fire called Also comment. known as Yep. Yep. And just had a blast with her and her husband. Uh her Twitter handles a bong of ice and fire, if you're looking to follow her. She asks us if you were arrested over summer break with no explanation, what would your family assume you had done?
0: Drunk and disorderly, for sure. Drunk and disorderly? Yeah. Got got too drunk. <laughs> it did something. Without knowing I did it and, you know, broke a, broke a lamppost or something.
1: <laughs> I could totally see that. Yeah. And maybe I was with you for mine because mine also isn't terrible, but, uh, it's enough to maybe get me arrested. <clears throat> I, I used to have this thing, Scott, and I suppose maybe I still do. I just haven't in a while, but, uh, I have a tendency to moon people. I just <laughs> do. do it. I don't even care just drop trow and I'll just moon them and uh, I don't like feel that's like how seen like, you do oh
2: that?
1: my... I haven't mooned you which maybe is an indication of that our friendship isn't where it needs to be <laughs> it's like the sign of acceptance for like my brothers and my sister-in-law were when I finally mooned them that's when like my when I mooned my now sister-in-law my brother was like I could marry her now because Matt mooned her
0: this uh, that is a weird so... rite of passage right Uh, it really is can you I guess it is like indecent exposure can you go to jail for that I don't know if I could go to
1: jail but I imagine I could get arrested I feel like I could get arrested for it
2: right
1: if I was doing it in public so that's what I would have done
0: I could see nothing terrible all right we move on to the fall of House Rogaire let's move on to that fall the fall of House Roger was swift and brutal could to be back question where the hell is lease anyway you know where it is matt off the top of your head it's uh
1: it's kind of it's not far across the narrow sea you not just kind of got to go across and kind of down a little
0: bit right yeah it's definitely closer to essos it's it's uh it's a small island off the southern coast of essos between tyrosh yeah. and volantis kind of almost equidistant from them um it's known for trade and pillow houses they're seemingly constantly at war with other free cities and it makes me wonder how they survive because it's tiny like there's not a lot of land there but the most interesting thing is i read about them real quick is that they don't risk the lives of their own people in the wars they they just hire sellswords to fight for them
1: always buy sellswords they've and got it some seems
0: like... slaves too that probably do some of the dirty work but
1: seems like there's never any fighting on these actual places like no one actually attacks yeah. lease right no, it's, it's all fighting yeah. in the disputed lands it's like it's just like a game they play just like, it's go kinda fight like over
0: in the disputed lands i had two roommates nate and steve hey nate and steve will never listen to this uh in college that used to box but uh-huh. they eventually they they made a promise not to hit each other in the face because they didn't <laughs> they didn't want to like damage each other's faces Wait, where else do you... Uh, I you, guess you just punched the body, yeah, like anywhere else.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, it did make for some pretty boring boxing, uh, as I watched right. a couple times. Um, but I wonder if they kind of have like an unwritten agreement, like, oh yeah, just don't, you know, let's not attack our towers and pillow houses and places of business, because then we got to rebuild them, and you don't want that either, and, you know. <laughs> That's true. We can wrestle. Let's wrestle over there. Like rules of war kind of thing, you know?
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: true. Anyways. Anyway. Uh so the so what goes up must come down, they say, and while it's faster for some than others, it isn't faster for anyone than it is for the air family. Uh, the Lysine Spring comes crashing down with the quote unquote murder of Lysandro, that's Lara's dad, and his brother Drazenko. Lysandro by a sailing barge sinking.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And Drazenko by pig flesh. He chokes on food. <laughs> what a way to go. What a way to go. Bacon. Uh, yeah. Anytime I see the word sailing barge, I can't help but think of Jedi. Um but Lysandro, I guess <laughs> he was on his barge returning back to his manse and it sunk and he drowned. It I mean it, it's very very suspicious all of it. Uh, some say it was the faceless men, uh, but nothing can be proved about who hired them. Um, uh, there's kind of a power vacuum that happens now in lease as you know, the Rogares were kind of running the show, um, and the Nobles just kind of kill each other off in this power vacuum. Um, Lysandra's office is—it's not inherited, right? He steals right. a bunch of stuff, like his kids don't get his offices and his power but he's still he's still rich he's still got a ton of stuff so they all get some of that and Lysaro his son kind of emerges as kind of the head of the house to try to take control he buys a bunch of unsullied and he bribes a bunch of people to try to grab the power back that his father had right to kind of be in control again politically of of lease the plan is pretty simple spend all the money he has as director of the bank to, to buy allies and bribes uh, and, and to bribe allies then win a war that will get him fame and replace the fortune that he spent with all the bribes with all the dollars he'll get from sacking whatever town towns and cities and countries that they defeat then with all that popularity he gets he'll win control of the political side of lease. it's you know it's kind of a simple plan but it relies on a lot of things going your way while putting a lot at risk. And what brings him down is pretty fucking simple. Rumors start. Who knows by whom rumors uh. start of the bank's demise that it's a house of cards and everything comes, starts collapsing around this scheme. It's all it takes. It's all one, it takes. One dude takes his money out and is like, yeah, I just don't feel good about the bank, man. I feel I'm going to put it under the mattress and then another guy and another guy and pretty soon everybody's asking for it and they do not have it. And they're screwed. And it does not take long for the Licenti to just turn on them. So Lysaro bolts before this issue comes to a head. He leaves his wife and kids, of course, but takes his bed slaves and Unsullied for protection. Um, all the other Rogares and Lisa are rounded up um, once they find that the bank is now completely over leveraged. And I mean empty. There's nothing there. So... They basically, I mean, I picture the Rogares like rats in Indiana Jones trying to get out from the fire in Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and Last Crusade. Like, they're trying to get out, but they get rounded up. Um, they're put on trial, even the bastards, all of them. And basically, everything gets taken and sold, and they get put into slavery and stuff. Yeah. Yep, another happy ending. And this is why we have the FDIC, um, which for those not in the U.S. is our federal, I don't even know what it stands for. It's our, it's our insurance company basically for our banks in case uh, they go under, you still get your money back. Um, but uh, my favorite quote is when they're doing the trial and it says, when Lysara Rogare protested, I did not know. Magister Tegaro Morocos replied, you should have. Which... Should have, Yeah. Which will be starkly contrasted in an upcoming chapter. Um, when we look at how Westeros handles some of these things. Yeah, oh, yeah. Anything on this
1: set, Matt? Look at you, Scatty. Uh... I guess the obvious question is who killed Drazenko and Lissandro? Was it a coordinated effort? Was it.
0: Yeah. Something that extended from Westeros? We really don't get part much. part of a bigger plot? Yeah. I mean, they, does it they, matter? They say in there that, that it feels like it was the faceless men, but then, of course, you know, who hired them? Um.
1: I mean, it could have been any other bigger house and lease that we just, whose name we don't even know or care about.
0: Right, exactly. It could have been this Magister Tagara Maracos that did it. We don't, any one of the people he bribed to be nice to him could have done it. Um, you know, it's... I, I think maybe I gave the game away a little bit on the slavery and stuff. Um, maybe they cover that later. Mm. But anyway, um... Yeah, I mean, it could have been anybody. I don't think we know.
1: Yeah, interesting. Hmm.
0: The the I would just chalk it up to, you know, the insecurity of those free cities in general. Those are places of rapid change, and anyone in power shouldn't get too comfortable.
1: Yeah, again. And you and I are such creatures of habit, that's why we hate this so the, the thought of these places so much. Yeah. I I don't want to have to roll with the punches. Yeah. I just don't want to get punched at all.
0: Well, I'm not happy right here right now. Punching is actually not just being punched but being sold into slavery or murdered. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's extreme. What is it one of the cities, I can't remember which one. I think it's Pentos where like they actually just it's just policy. They murder the prince when they're tired of him. And pick another one, right?
1: Yeah, is it Pentos or Valant I think it is Pentos. And it's just yeah. like it's just like they're just like yeah.
0: Well, we'd had enough of them. Next guy, the tattered prince. Yeah, like I mean, get, yeah. how, what kind of life is that? Yeah. Why would you even <laughs> want to No, it's awful.
1: Are do these guys go into it thinking I'm going to be the one that either they don't want to <laughs> kill or they can't kill?
0: I don't know. You hear those thing, you hear those like would you rather games where it's like would you rather get a billion dollars now and only live for 5 years or, you know, live a long and reasonably happy life. Kind of a thing. Long and reasonably. You would uh Should we move on?
1: Yeah. Our friend Sam. Sam, congrats on the new kid. So happy for you.
0: Is that new? I feel like uh, that was a while ago now. Like April. It's been a while. To Ice and Fire but, Con.
1: Right. She was. <laughs> she, that's why she couldn't go to Ice and Fire Con as she was about to have the baby. The baby came a little after. Um,
2: Sometimes I feel yes. like we're doxing
1: these people. Oh, well. We probably are. I'm really sorry for revealing more than we should, Sam. Um, she asks if you could make another podcast together that's not a Song of Ice and Fire related, what would it be about? Dude, I've told you this before. I would love to just do films get fingered after films get fingered on Kevin Smith films with you.
0: That'd be fun. That'd be fun. It'd
1: be so fun. Uh, I mean, we'd run out of material fairly quickly. But uh, to have a collection of us fingering all the Kevin Smith films would be cool.
0: It would be fun. Uh. Yeah, I mean that's as good an answer as any. I mean, I, I think um, you know we've talked about doing other book series before and stuff, uh, and mm-hmm. any one of those I think would be fun. Um, movies would be fun. I, I think it would be, I think it would be cool to to do all the new canon Star Wars stuff and just start from you know take it in order. But the problem is they don't release them all in order. They jump right. back around in the timeline all over the place, and so it'd be kind of messy. Um, We'd have
1: to just start at some point and read from the earliest one, and then keep going through and go yeah. back and pick up the other ones. And right, yeah, it'd but be that'd be fun. fun
0: because I'm 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 a completionist in a way. I think that'd be fun to like try to cover all of those, and I feel like it would be reasonably original. The thing about it is, though, you know, it, it doesn't have. There's not, I love, I love most of the books that I read, I've really enjoyed, but there's not nearly as much meat on the bone for those books as you've got. It'd be like, it'd be three episodes per book. Maybe that, maybe <laughs> one. I mean, I don't know, right? I, sure. There's not, there's not sure. a whole lot going on in those books compared to these. So uh-huh. I think it, it's kind it, of
1: one storyline, yeah. maybe two. Exactly. I can,
0: but I think it'd be fun to just talk Star Wars and dive through that universe and,
1: Anyway, hear me complaining about how yeah. the Legends version was better.
0: Well, that's why it's off the table. Because <laughs> you I... just
1: wouldn't—you yeah. wouldn't be
0: able to handle that. No, I couldn't take
1: it. <laughs> so there you go, Sam. Um, let's get to some fun stuff now. This okay. is this is the cool part of the chapter. I've been that's, having fun. I don't know what your problem is. I I'm I've been like falling asleep over here. <laughs> A kid. Um, sandok sandok versus amari peak let's uh us what's my quote here uh oh oh yeah it's just so short i didn't even see it our quote is go no farther than the axe
0: or you will die all right good to be back question real quick who are the fingers that is not where are the fingers that is who are the fingers matt and (laughs) scad it's not us Led by oh, Taserio the those Tiger, figures. these are protectors of the hand of the king. This was a new post, a new kind of group created by Unwin Peak because he felt insecure, I guess. When he resigned, cell though, swords. he just like left them there for the next hand, who <laughs> I guess just decided to keep them? Question mark.
1: I just feel like it's the worst idea in the world to yeah. hire cell swords as your
0: bodyguard, especially
1: yes. in such a politically unstable place as the Seven Kingdoms. Especially but maybe... since
0: they're not your cell swords. Exactly. <laughs> like, what? Anyway. All right.
1: Keep just going. Whoever pays them more, they're going to go to. So whether so I I wondered in my head if you know whoever is conspiring over in Westeros had the forethought to have make something happen over in Lease to kill Lysandro and Andrazenko. And I don't know if they went through all that trouble to kill those guys, but regardless if it happened it was extreme these whoever the conspirators were we're going to talk about them later here in westeros they were extremely opportunistic as you know as as they start finding out of the fall of house Roger over in lease they start to act against the the members of house Roger there in westeros uh and they start arresting people they arrest lotho and all his riches in the bank were seized um the mermaid pillow house is ransacked and everyone's kicked down. You got all these naked guys out there in the street who are having some fun and mushrooms. One of them, uh, and Rogerio is arrested. Moreto at this time that he finds out what's going on, he's actually still up in the Vale of Aaron and he manages to get away before he can be arrested and flees for Bravo's. Maybe more on him later, but I'm not that interested. Uh,
0: And uh, this is like blood in the water. I think you kind of said it, but like they see the bank or they see what's happening in lease, and they're like, "It's time, right? Like move." Like waiting for something to drop, and the bank being insecure was all they needed. No better place than here. No No better better time time than now.
2: Yeah,
0: Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I know it.
2: Oh hell can't stop us now.
1: Yep, um, I'm such a peaceful man, but I love Rage Against the Machine. Not only are the uh, Rogare boys arrested, but old, old Teddy Rowan, old Teddy Rowan gets arrested too. This is where I'm thinking that you know the appointment of Moredo to command the force, uh, the the Crown's forces, comes back to bite him a little bit because it just looks like. It looks bad. It looks like you're in league with them. So, Teddy Rowan's arrested along with a bunch of his family and his entourage. Um, And the fingers just stand aside. And the fingers let him. Again, more to our point. You and I aren't as dumb as we look. Well. Well,
2: About as dumb
0: as I look. eh. Doubt it. Um...
1: So where am I here? So, you know, obviously we've got Rogar's being arrested. So you think Lara Rogar's turn is coming. She's going to get arrested, Viserys's wife. Uh, and indeed, uh, a troop of men led by Kingsguard member Amari Peak go to Magor's holdfast to arrest Lady Lara. There they find Viserys Targaryen, all 13 years old of him by himself on the drawbridge with a freaking battle axe in his hand. I love this. Um, who, Who knows if he could even lift it, but as they approach, Viserys says if you are come to take my lady wife, sir, turn and go for you shall not pass whilst I stand. Right? This is the kind of moxie that as a 13 year old gets a 17 year old girlfriend, man, <laughs> if I would have had this kind of moxie in
0: junior high. Oh! she's 19. Uh, 19, but, excuse me, but, but still, yeah. Balls of solid rock. As I say, in, uh, Robin she's and up there Eves. in May just swooning.
1: Um, and then it, it kind of turns it. This almost feels like a Monty Python exchange to me. Scad, uh, <laughs> Amari's like, he's kind of amused by this. He says, your lady's wanted for questioning in que- in connection with the treason of her brothers. And who is it who wants her? The prince demanded, the hand of the king. Lord Rowan? Lord Rowan has been removed from office. Sir Marston Waters is the new king's hand. So I failed to point that out. When Teddy Rowan got arrested, they uh, they put the Sir Marston Waters, who's, who's Lord Commander of the King's Garden, charge. At that moment that they find out Sir Marston is the new king's hand, Aegon III, the king steps out and onto the drawbridge beside his brother. And he says, "I'm the king and uh, I never chose Sir Marston for my hand." Sir Amari's kind of taken aback at this, but he's like, oh, your grace is still a boy until you come of age, you know, your 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 lords must make such choices for you and Sir Marston was chosen by your regents." But Lord Rowan is my regent. No longer, Lord Rowan betrayed your trust. His regency is at an end. By whose authority? The hand of the king. And it just is kind of going around and around like this. Well, who did it? The hand. The regent. Prince Viserys finds this humorous as well, saying, The hand names the regent, and the regent names the hand, and round and round we dance. But you shall not pass, sir. You shall not pass. (laughs) Nice. Nor shall you touch my wife. Be gone, or I promise you, every man of you shall die here. Amari Peak's like, Oh my gosh, this kid. And uh, he finally's like, Okay, enough. Guys, go get them. Don't hurt them, but uh, go get them. And Prince Viserys, as he's kind of backing up now, this is on your head, sir. And he drives the battle axe into the wood of the drawbridge, and he's getting kind of pulled back by his brother, the king. But he gives one final warning, go no farther than the axe or you will die, right? Yeah. Then what happens? Dun, 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 (laughs) dun, dun. dun, dun. Out onto the drawbridge, they kind of tag out, right? Viserys kind of runs past and tags this other guy in. He goes out on the drawbridge and who is it? It's this guy named Sandok the Shadow. He's a freaky dude, man. He'd come from lease with Lady Lara. Um, it says he was a gift from her father. It, it appears that he was a slave at some point. It says he's black of skin and black of hair. He stood almost seven feet tall. He hid his face behind a silk veil because he was his face was so scarred. And this is really gross. His lips and his tongue had been removed. I'm trying to imagine how someone would look with no lips. Yeah, you know? it's 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 like hard to you, imagine.
0: Yeah, and who you. would do that to someone? I mean, he was a slave for sure. He fought in the fighting pits. They say I think that he maybe was won hundred fights or something. Um, yeah. But who, even to a slave, like why would you remove someone's lips? Why? It's just cruel and unusual. Didn't like his singing,
1: I guess. I don't know.
0: Well, tongue, yes, but lips. Anyway. His lips, like. Ooh, how do you even survive that? My goodness. Um, where does the lip end and the skin... You know what I mean? Like... like Where, where the...
1: Kind of the pink of the lip?
2: Yeah. Where it
1: meets... Do you just start cutting, like, right
0: there? I don't want to talk about it anymore.
1: Ugh. Um, Sandok was, was kind of a well-rounded dude, though. Not only was he a killer who they say had once torn out the throat of a foe with his teeth, but he was also... He was also a crooner. Yeah. So see, he couldn't, he couldn't read or write, but he was fond of music, uh, man after my own heart. And he would often sit in the shadows of lady, Lara's bedchamber, playing sweet, sad notes on a queer stringed instrument of golden heart and ebony that stood near as tall as he did. So some sort of harp, it sounds like, or like an upright bass. I don't know. That'd be cool if he just sat back there playing like jazz on an upright bass. And that's what they're talking about. Um, And it said the shadows playing always made her weep. And strange to say, she liked that better.
0: Just a little hint of, there's more to Laura than we know. You'll never find out. And who
1: cares? Yeah. She has gone now from history. Um, But that's how it always is, right? We're always drawn to the tortured musical souls. The Kurt Cobain's and stuff like that. Speak for yourself, Uh, man. I am not drawn to... So it was with Sandok. He said... Yeah. Uh, Meatloaf was probably tortured in his own way.
2: (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) He inflicts his torture upon me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But then they make a really cool transition here. George does But it was a different sort of music that Sandok the Shadow played at the gates of Mager's Holdfast. And then... Basically what happens is Sandok cleans up every single one of these men uh, who are coming to ta- take Lara Rogare, including Amari Peak. Um, such descriptive language by George. Uh, that night his chosen instruments were a tall black shield of Nightwood. Blah, 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 blah. Um, he has a curved sword with a dragon bone hilt whose dark blade shone in the torchlight with the distinctive ripples of Valyrian steel. So he has like some curved Valyrian steel blade. His foes howled and cursed and shouted as they came at him, but the shadow made no sound save with his steel, sliding through them silent as a cat, his blade whistling left and right and up and down, drawing blood with every cut, slashing through their mail as if they had been clad in parchment.
2: I I feel like George doesn't usually allow
0: that. I mean, I realize this isn't heavy plate, but Mm -hmm. he doesn't usually allow them to just cut through armor like that, even with Valyrian steel, does he?
2: I don't know that
0: we've how often we've seen it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But his power, maybe with this type of blade, and maybe the fact that maybe they Amari Peak thought that this was going to be easier than than like a battle that they'd be going in and just making this arrest. So maybe I mean, his they, men weren't quite... You should learn from prepared.
0: the Royces, right? a crossbowmen, for goodness sake.
1: Frickin' crossbowmen. I mean, it even says that Amari Peak hadn't even really brought a helmet. Yeah. Um, and that's what ended up being his undoing. Sandok eventually gets to Amari. <clears throat> Amar, uh, and Sandok's blade gets knocked out of his hand. And Amari goes for the kill shot. And Sandok manages to grab the battle axe that Viserys had buried into the wood of the drawbridge and turns around and just splits Amari from top to bottom in half, basically kills him.
0: Badass warrior. I'll still take strong Belwas.
1: Of course you would. (laughs) There is very strong Belwasian though, isn't it? A little bit. Former slave. Pit fighter. Yep. Big dude pit fighter, you know, Maybe.
0: He's better armored and better protected,
1: right? But still, cleans up pretty good. Yeah. Um, in terms of cleaning up the bad guys. Yes. Good guys, however you look at it. <clears throat> uh, and 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 so it is. So they are able to at that point, they close the drawbridge, and uh, and they're safe. Yes. From Lady Lara's safe. Viserys is safe. Queen Daenerys in there. Uh, Aegon, of course, is in there. The king. They got a couple
0: other people, but they're safe for now. But yeah, secure depends a little bit on what you mean by safe. But they're yeah, they're not in danger at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. Where to move on next? Or you got more?
1: Yeah, I I didn't even put a a question from the Calysar here just because it flows it flows so, right in so flows right in. So take us there, buddy.
0: Yet the hand held back, continuing his attempts to end the secret siege with words, when swords would most likely have brought it to a swift conclusion. So, yeah. I'll, I'll skip my good be back question as well, though it'll apply later, so I'll do it then. Uh, so basically, Marston and company, they, they, they try to do this peacefully. We've been here before, trapped in the Holdfast, ruling from there... Uh, I feel like we saw this toward the end of the dance. Um, this time that the cast of characters is a 13, 15 year old boys, uh, a woman that never warmed to the city, a shadow and a mushroom. Um, Sir Marston waters, you know, like we said, he's acting his hand now. Sir Lucas lay commanding the gold cloaks is kind of in charge of the rest of the city at the moment. Um, and for their part, they seem to want to deal with this all peaceably um, mm-hmm. s- swearing their loyalty to him specifically. Um, they've already taken actions that Aegon doesn't agree with, though, and they share some verbal sparring about the Kingsguard following orders. <laughs> yes, sir, but only for the king, not for a king in training. <laughs> uh some. sorry. Again, again with this Kingsguard nonsense that I can't stand. Uh, they then repeat, basically almost word for word, the conversation from the bridge, too, uh, about following orders of Lord Thaddeus, who's his hand, oh no, he's not the hand anymore. Uh, you know, do that whole rigmarole one more time in case anyone didn't read it the first time. Um, Then Marston Waters does something interesting. He gets down on one knee and swears. I swear upon my sword in the eyes of gods and men that none shall do you harm whilst I stand beside you. It doesn't work. Wow. Nope. Because Aegon III remembers when he stood beside him another time. <laughs> when the dragon ate his mother all he did, was watch. Yeah. I will not have you watch while they kill my brother's wife. So, then they let Munkin try. He asks them to come down so they may so that they may serve them. Uh, so, Viserys asks him to serve them in the moment. Go ahead now and serve me, if you want to serve me. Send a thousand ravens, letting ravens, the realm know yeah. that their king is being held captive in his own castle. Munkin as Munkin is wont to do, does nothing. Uh, Septon Bernard came down. He prayed for them. Won't do anything. Sir Gareth Long, Aegon's former trainer and master at arms, who used to beat him down if he didn't do well enough. Yeah,
1: that's a good idea. And then
0: beat his whipping boy, uh, which kind of seemed to work a little bit. He asked seemingly kind of politely for them to come down. um, And Aegon responds with, and if not, if I will not, who will you punish, sir? You may beat Sir poor uh, blah, 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 And if I will not, who will you punish, sir? You may beat poor Gamon's bones, but you will get no more blood from him. And a bad tactic from Long, perhaps. Maybe he should have just leaned into the I'll intimidate the crap out of you shtick that he did. Although I don't think that'll work either. Uh-huh. After all this, you would think that maybe Sir Marston Waters would have lost patience with this and just stormed the castle. He's a military man after all, and not a poet. But he didn't. Perhaps he didn't want to forcibly attack a king he had now twice sworn to protect. Perhaps because he feared Sandok. But to be sure, they had the men to storm the keep, and they just chose not to. I mean, this would have worked eventually if they had done it. Mm -hmm. Perhaps he was relying on hunger to do the job. Perhaps he was just an indecisive dude. You got any opinions on this? Uh,
1: yeah, I think that. Um, I feel like Marston. He, he was. He kind of. You know, you think of someone like Braun, who rose through the ranks in a very calculated way and stuff like that. And I kind of almost feel like Marston was just like. How did I get here? <laughs> a little bit. You know bit.
0: what I mean? A little like, bit. Maybe he's... that's maybe that's the best time to go back to my question. Who is Sir Marston Waters, Matt? Yeah, <laughs> here we go. Yep. <laughs> Originally, King on the Second's man. Actually, he was one of those that took him yep. on a skiff when he was escaping King's Landing. He took him to Dragonstone and helped raise an army for him to overthrow it. Uh, but after that, he became a serviceable knight of the Kingsguard. And he was even retained in the King's Guard when Aegon III took over to show yeah. reconciliation between the Greens and the Blacks. They weren't kind of doing this whole thing where they wanted to keep it even to show that they were at peace, right? And then eventually right. he became Lord Commander. But you don't really get a lot that indicates he distinguished himself in any way. He's just kind of even... always there and being serviceable. And um, Kevin Kevin Smith has that this phrase where in Hollywood you fail upward. Um, uh-huh. And I don't think he failed at anything, but he didn't really do anything to really deserve all these promotions. Distinguish himself.
1: Yeah, even even when he was kind of in the midst of the dance and helping Aegon the Second, I kind of got the feeling that he was just there. Like I didn't. Yeah. You don't see him like doing, having a hand in in the scheming and plotting and planning. He's just
0: yeah. Doing well, sometimes what he's told and sometimes yesmen have their uses, right? For sure. And we'll get in maybe to that a little bit more in a little bit, but maybe he's being used a little bit here.
1: Um, And and that's what I think it is, is I think he was kind of part of this whole plot. I think maybe he, 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 he was led to believe that the rogue were bad and everything. But when it really came down to actually having to storm the keep and everything, his heart just wasn't in it because he's like, again, how did I get here? And I'm here and I kind of want to do a good job for the king. I don't want to storm the king's castle. Like, I'm
0: here, and I have this opportunity. I want to do the right thing. Right. Um, It's an unpopular opinion, but, like, I kind of like him. Yeah, I don't see uh, too much wrong with him. Yeah, he's just kind of a a dude who kind of fell into this position and is now trying to do the best he can with it, and,
2: yeah.
1: It is a very human character of George. Yeah. Right? Like, um i'm you know me and the hold steady i love the Hold Steady. they got a new oh, album out that's amazing and their lead singer craig finn he's also been releasing a lot of solo records lately and his his he, he's a very he's very much a storytelling songwriter. He's got these cast of characters that he constantly refers back to. And the ones that he writes about in The Hold Steady are kind of these larger-than-life miscreants and stuff. And they have these big, huge things where they steal cars and go on these drug-fueled binges and all this other stuff. Um, but then his, his characters from his solo albums are just like normal people just trying to get by in life you know like one of my favorite songs off his new album is this lady who is uh who's just trying to deal with a deadbeat husband and she's wondering if she wants to even still go on you know and i feel like marston comes from that side of craig finn he's just a normal dude just trying to get ahead and find some hope in the world and uh i
0: think that's most of us
1: right yeah, that's maybe why I relate to him so much to, to these guys in Craig Finn's songs, too. But um, huh. yeah. yeah, Carla isn't coming in today. Check out that song. It's a beautiful song. Okay, heart wrenching. Beautiful. She's coming. Carla isn't coming in today.
0: Right? Right.
1: Not at all. As in work.
0: Not coming <laughs> I, no, I got it. <laughs> got it. I got it. <laughs> uh but yes marston Uh,
1: follows orders right
0: he does and just uh, as a little flavor day and airs ladies uh dress up as guards (laughs) and i just think it's funny that this is a thing that's reasonably common trope every garrison should have extra uniforms of various sizes just laying around for just this reason Uh uh-huh just like just have them just like eight uniforms just in the closet ready to go just
1: if you need to yeah you need to what they doing on uh on the wall with Jon snow they set absolutely. up like some scarecrow type guys. yeah absolutely yeah
0: all right uh moving on so in the event this trails on for days them in the hold fast and people kind of pleading for them to come down on the 12th day of the siege they bring rowan out from the cells to confess and he did did he ever Taken bribes of gold and girls, had engineered the plot to dispossess Arnold Aaron of his birthright, which is a weird inclusion, had conspired with Alan Oakenfist to remove Peak from Office of the Hand, another bit of a weird inclusion, had helped loot the Roger bank, uh, impoverishing many in the process, had appointed his own son to a command for which he was unworthy, that's leading to the massacre in the Mountains of the Moon, and for plotting to poison the king and his wife to deliver the throne to Viserys. This shocked Aegon, and he was crushed. It was Viserys who figured it out, though. Rowan would not would, would confess to whatever they suggested. That Laura was in on the plot? Yes. And Viserys? Aye. And Gaemon did, did the poisoning, right? See. And was it you, Rowan, who poisoned King Viserys? Verily, yes. You bet. It should be noted that Teddy is in a rough shape. I mean, anyone of reasonable intelligence could have assumed he had been beaten into confessing. And so again, we get this from George. This guy has just been beaten within an inch of his life and he's confessing to whatever anyone asks him. Um, So upon hearing all these additional confessions, which they know not to be true, um, Aegon is just like, okay, Marston, you see what's going on here. Get the confessor and take him to jail. And Marston, upon hearing them, Follows, follows the orders. He does mm-hmm. it. Takes the Lord Confession of the Dungeons and frees Rowan and all of his men. And that's the start of some, some more stuff.
1: <laughs> Love it.
0: Want to go to our Patreon question? Or do you have more for this section?
1: Um, No. Uh, later on, I can't remember where it is exactly. I didn't put the location here in my notes. I just copied over the, the quote. And to this very day, some assert that Sir Marston was no more than a cat's paw, a simple, honest knight used and deceived by men more subtle than himself, whilst others argue that Waters was part of the plot from the beginning, but turned upon his fellows when he sensed the tide turning against them. I, I'm going with the former. But yeah, like that. me too. All right. Gene sent us two questions, and because we like him so much... We're gonna take the second question. Uh, what mythical creature would you most want to be real? He says, "P.S. Bigfoot is real, so that doesn't count."
0: I tried really hard to come up with something more original, but dragons mm-hmm. are the best mythical creature around. There's no fighting it, and it's the one I'd want to see. And I, I, I just I can't. I I tried to be like, you know, edgy and cool and like, oh no, like this other thing, but. Every time I did, I'm like, I'd rather see a dragon. Just want to see a dragon, man. Vampires would be I cool, did. I guess. Mhm. I don't know. What about you?
1: I'm gonna go with Ewoks.
2: <laughs> wow. For
1: real, man. I was never an Ewok hater. Screw you, DOP John. <laughs> I uh, I lo- I love Ewoks. I always have. I think they're the best
0: good choice that's my answer A good choice (laughs) let's move on from that answer as quickly as we can
1: okay so speaking of moving on tearing it down to build it back up is what we're calling this section there beneath the shadow of the empty iron throne lords attempted to choose new regents to rule until his grace could come of age
0: yeah
2: good question question for us there
0: yeah Mm -hmm. kind of similar to the last one who is Mervin Flowers? Oh, you guys, remember this Man, guy? we got
1: Marston Waters. We got Mervin Flowers. They're both Kingsguard members. They're both, both bastards. bastards.
0: Kingsguard yes. member, hand selected by Unwin Peak, also Unwin Peak's half brother. Uh, hand selected when Aegon the Second was too young, quotes, to pick his own new members. Aegon the Second had picked some of his own. Or sorry, this is Aegon the Third had picked some of his own, but Unwin was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Um, Also, this guy potentially murdered J.A. Hera or stood aside for someone else to do it uh, when J.A. Hera threw herself from her window. Uh, Still hanging on, though, as a member of the Kingsguard, even though Unwin left, and, yeah, he's still there. So that's Mervyn Flowers.
1: Yep, for now. Um, So, following the... Marston following King Aegon's orders... Teddy Rowan and his peeps are all released from the dungeons. And uh, (laughs) we've got Lord Graceford, who was the Lord Confessor, who'd done all this torturing and who'd really, really done a number on on Rowan, as we see. They decide, they turn the tables on old Lord Graceford, don't they, Scatty?
0: They do indeed. But
1: (laughs) he doesn't do very well uh, at the sight of... Instruments of interrogation, the Lord Confessor gives up all the names he needs to give up and more. Um, all the names of, of those who'd been involved in this
2: conspiracy:
1: Amari Peak, Mervyn Flowers, Tessario the Tiger, Septon Bernard, Gareth Long, Victor Risley, Lucas Legood, and yes, Marston Waters. Uh, and so they, they start to round up all of these men. Not all of them surrender peacefully. Lucas Laygood puts up quite the fight and uh, is killed. Marston Waters, perhaps on a road of redemption, he decides he's going to go get his Kingsguard brother, Mervyn Flowers himself. And as, as he confronts them, he says, we are the both of us bastards and sworn brothers besides Oh wait, no. He says that to another guy. Sorry, but uh, he, he confronts. Marston confronts Mervin. Mervin Flowers. Mervin isn't that just a terrible name? It's first great of name. all, Scad. Great Mervin. Name. Remember Mervin's the department store.
0: Yeah, I remember my Mervin Fernandez, Oakland Raiders receiver.
1: Oh my gosh! A big fan. Nice poll.
0: Yeah.
1: Mervyn says, You'll be wanting my steel, and he takes out his sword as if he's surrendering it to Marston and, and hands it over to Marston. Marston reaches for it. Mervin grabs Marston's hand and he pulls a dagger out with his other hand and pulls Marston towards him and stabs him. Right into Waters'
0: belly. Well that escalated quickly.
1: Yep. See ya, Marston.
0: What a dick bag. Marston ends up dying.
1: Is. He's a total loser total loser uh, Flowers tries to flee as he flees he kills some other people a drunken man at arms two stable boys uh, but eventually all the noise in the racket brings others and it doesn't say whether it was like knights or, or just like people in the stables or something but as he's trying to get away on his horse he's overcome and beaten to death it says still clad in the white cloak that he had shamed
0: so I have a, I have a question um, about this real quick about this whole interaction. I think that, that originally Graceford didn't name Waters. And Waters went oh. to get flowers. And they fought. And then uh-huh. later Graceford named Waters when he was on his deathbed. Is that not true? Did I misread that? Could be. Totes. Because I wondered, I wondered if just... Graceford just named Waters after he couldn't after he couldn't uh fight it fight the charges just like his sour grapes
1: he's definitely a man apart um so i'm looking at the text now and there's that paragraph that names all the guys one after the other amari Mervin, Tessario, bernard gareth long all those guys then it tells the story of marston going to confront mervyn and then he dies uh it says waters expired that same night. Then in a paragraph, so this is like four paragraphs later from the original list, it says Lord Graceford had named Sir Marston as one of the conspirators as well, insisting that the bloody turn cloak had been with him from the start. So it, it does make a point to separate Marston from the list of the rest of the guys.
0: Yeah, it might mean nothing though. It's just interesting. I thought I th- when I read it, I was like, oh, it's sour grapes. He's just like, oh, he can't defend himself now. Yeah, he was he was in on it too. He was in on it. Yep, that guy. Uh, they arrested
1: others too, and, and some of them protested their innocence. Um, they And some said, you know, we honestly thought that Thaddeus Rowan and the Lyseni had something going on. But here's the problem, guys. Maybe you thought that, but you didn't have any proof. I'm sorry, you didn't have any evidence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, these guys had been arrested with, or the, these Rogers had been arrested with, literally nothing to no nothing to accuse them of, really. Um, but then it's brought up that there must have been. There must surely have been another conspirator, the text says. Lord and master of the rest. They talk about how Lord Graceford was cruel but not clever. Bernard was a pious fool. Tesario was a bloody volantine. Um, The women were women. Legood was no good. Like, the women were women, right? I just
0: fucking hate it (laughs) so much. Right? I mean, I get it. It's not. I get it.
1: They haven't met Olenna Tyrell yet, I tell you what.
0: Yeah. Or Allison, um, or, I mean. A number of other yeah.
1: women in these stories.
0: Rhaena, Rainera. I mean, there's just, anyway.
1: Anyways, they just cast them off. Uh, we've talked about this already. Do you think that uh, the Unwin Peak was this potential other
0: conspirator?
1: Yes. Me too.
0: I mean, I, I didn't put much brain power into it. I just kind of accepted where George was leading us. He kind of leads right. you there by the nose, and I think you're kind of supposed to draw that conclusion. I didn't really challenge it. it. It makes it makes too much sense the way he left all these people around, you know. And so my president's clean house and put their own staff in place. Like, nobody did that here, and it gave him the perfect means to do this. And Yeah,
1: we talked about that at the end of our last episode, how when Unwin left... He left all his guys there and no one
0: tried to like, no yeah. one said crap about it, right? right. And hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it adds up. It's like if you do the, if you do the math and you get the answer you're expecting, you don't usually do the math again.
1: Right. And on one hand it seems too obvious, but on the other hand, it's like, yeah, he had motive. Um, he had all the guys that what they would have you to say his motive was their position to Unwin. I think it was a little bit still thinking that he had a chance at power. Yeah, and I honestly think it's just a little bit of being butt hurt too.
0: Revenge. Yeah,
1: he so. seems that petty. What about you?
0: Yeah, I I, th- I think I think it's most mostly revenge, but uh-huh. um, you know, I th- they state their goal is is to get. Viserys on the throne which is maybe he had a second a second act in his plan or something but that doesn't actually do a ton for him um you know if you're thinking about that as the end goal so i don't know it's it's a little weird i don't I don't know what his reason would be other than just i'm angry uh you know mostly he hates right. mostly he hits oakenfist which you know his name is thrown in there as part of the confession right um uh-huh That. Conspired to remove Peak from office, um, you know. I don't know. Does he hate? He doesn't. He's trying to get Viserys on the throne, but Viserys is the ones who kind of showing up was the last impetus for him leaving, right? So I don't know. It's kind of weird. It doesn't. It doesn't all fit exactly, but I'm, I'm good enough with revenge. Maybe he thought.
1: Maybe he thought, you know, Aegon is sulky and all that, but there's no way I'm gonna win over Aegon. But maybe I have a chance yeah. winning over Viserys. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, uh, Amari Peak and Septon Bernard were actually relatives of Unwin Peak, and all the others: Flowers, Gareth Long, Victor Risley, Tassario the Tiger, Lucas Legood. They all owed at least their positions uh, to Unwin. So all roads kind of lead back to him.
0: Flowers
2: was a brother Um, too.
1: Right, yep. Boston. Yeah, so that's that's blood tie. You're right. They say that Peak was at Starpike this whole time, but do we really know that? And one, does it matter? Yeah, it's a little weird, right?
0: I mean, none of these people, none of these people that are named are like true leaders. So like, right. it would be difficult, I think, to coordinate this from all those miles away to this degree, right? With in, in this amount of speed without somebody there really kind of taking an active hand. But none of these people scream at you like that they could have done it. So it's kind of, it is kind of weird.
1: Unless maybe he was just like, yeah, I was at Starpike the whole time. But he wasn't.
0: It's hiding in the walls. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Doesn't give us anything, though. No. Anyways, um, let's get back to the story here. Aegon and company almost didn't survive this siege. They were running really low on food and everything. They were starved. Little Queen Daenerys cried herself to sleep at night because she was so hungry, the poor gal. Uh, and, And they were so nervous about if things were really okay, that they actually remained locked up in Mager's Holdfast six days after the siege had ended, just to make sure. They left only when Grand Munkin had released ravens, uh, hundreds of ravens out to the Lords of Westeros to call them to come to King's Landing to to kind of settle this thing and choose new regents and stuff. Uh, Like we mentioned before, Teddy Rowan, Thaddeus, was was released from prison, cleared of all charges, all that stuff, and he moved back into the Tower of the Hand, but poor guy was never quite the same, was he, SCAD? Not at all. Um, he you know he'd seem his old self one moment and then the next moment would just be like break down crying. And I mean Lord Graceford had just done a number on this guy and, and he was never really able to recover from this torture. They, they kept him in, in office to see if he would kind of pull through for a moon's turn, it said. But then they finally said, you know what, Thaddeus, go back to Golden Grove and get better, and then you could come back. He's like, yeah, that's probably best. I'll do that. Uh, and he did. He But on his way back to Golden Grove, he died. And that's yeah. all it says. Unfortunate. You wonder if foul plays involved? Do you think he's I didn't died? Real, I didn't really Can think twice about it. Guys just die in this
2: story.
0: Yeah, guys just die, especially guys that are, you know, been tortured to near death and don't yeah. have a lot to live for. Maybe it seems, it seems like
1: he hung on there for that moon's turn, though. But maybe just being on the road and traveling and not in the comforts of yeah of the castle and stuff, maybe.
0: He was struggling Anyways. with someone. Does it say he was with his son or something?
1: He was with his sons. He died with in the present. It says he was with his two sons.
0: Maybe they kind of put him know. out of his misery.
1: Yeah, he probably just died. Maybe. Mercy uh, I mean,
0: him. I mean, I know that sounds Could've terrible, addressed. but like, in the days of no mental health care, you know, and you've got a a lord and dad who you love, who's a mess, and you, mm-hmm. you know. Euthanasia is
1: Yep. Thing? Yep. So they don't have a hand of the king. So um, for the nonce, Grand Maester Munkin is named hand of the king. Good but Lord. as Sked pointed out, reticent to do anything. And uh, so he refuses to pass judgment upon any of uh, the conspirators who'd been arrested. So they just languish in the dungeons while uh, until a new hand is chosen.
0: I mean, I give him, I give him crap, but really, he's he's taking the "maesters don't meddle" mantra to you know. That's he's technically doing what they say, right?
1: Technically, he is. Yes.
0: It's infuriating.
1: Keep going. He's the he's the perfect maester. <laughs> he's the perfect maester. Uh, so the the ravens that he'd sent out um, are answered. And uh, they have a huge gathering of lords. Lords come from all over the Seven Kingdoms to King's Landing in the year 136. They say it's the largest gathering of lords since Jaehaerys held his great council at uh, at Hall. I wonder where they put all these guys. They apparently packed them all into the throne room. Um, but they all came with their retainers and everything. P.S. Unwin Peak, he brings a thousand men and five hundred sail swords. Yeah. Yeah, we know exactly what you're doing, buddy. Um, Aegon, so they have this huge gathering of lords. Aegon doesn't show up. He just doesn't even come to the throne room. He's going to let them all do their thing. These lords met for more than a fortnight, but it says that they were unable to come to any sort of decision without the strong hand of a king to guide them. (laughs) And really really like who's running the show you don't have a hand um the whole reason they're there is to decide on regents for the king so no duh they don't have a strong hand of a king to guide
0: them it's back it's back to the drawbridge conversation again well we need to select regents to guide the king we can't do that without the king and help him become Uh, a strong king but we need a king to guide us to choose these regents it's
1: just ridiculous Finally, Munkin jumps in and says, you know what? Let's just draw names out of a hat, basically. Uh, They're going to choose three regents by lot. Those regents are chosen. So new appointments, William Stackspear, Mark Merriweather, and Laurent Grandison.
0: Ever heard of those guys? Me neither. I mean, literally, it Uh, feels like George tried to pick names that he's never used before. Merriweather's around somewhere. Stackspear, Tana, Merryweather, Grandison—these are mm -hmm. these are not distinguished names,
1: exactly. And uh, and and the the writer of Fire and Blood points that out. Glilden points that out. They need a new hand as well. Some names are put forth: Alan Valerion, Kermit Tully. We got Benjico Blackwood. They're all deemed too young. Alan gets axed again. Man, passed over. Uh, then it's like, well, why not Torin Manderly? And everyone seems down with Torin. You know, being up north, he hadn't made a lot of enemies. Um, and he's able, right? Capable, it seems. So like, yeah, okay. Torin says he'll do it, but he needs uh, he needs someone who can help him handle finances especially with all this problem with the roguers and the banking and all that stuff. Yeah. So Alan Valerian of all people offers up the name of Isambard Aaron. That's right. One of the pretenders to the, or the, or the claimants, I should say to, to leadership of the veil who had been put down by Alan Valerian. That to me is good leadership right there. Scad. That's how to win people to your side. He, he defeated Isambard Aaron over in the veil And now he's putting forth his name for a a position of power.
0: Yeah, it's a little weird. like like Rewarding this guy for being, uh, you know, for rebelling or something. Um, But if he's got the skills. He's also making a friend. Yeah, making a friend, I guess. He's making Um, a friend. Yeah, I'm okay Uh, with
1: it. And they buy it. All right. So other little appointments. Gedman Peak remains Grand Admiral of the... Of the fleet, no big deal. Raynard Ruskin is named Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. Adrian Thorne, another Thorne out there. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to point him out because uh, he's only one of seven captains of the Gold Cloaks. The Gold Cloaks have seven captains for the seven gates into the city, right? And he was the only one of the seven captains who is not accused of involvement in the conspiracy plot. And so, you know, Alistair Thorne later on stays loyal to the Targaryens. And here, Adrian Thorne stays loyal as well. There's a pattern of loyalty for these thorns.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I guess. I, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's loyal to them or just didn't know what was going on. He just had <laughs> what, no idea. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. Loyal. Give him a benefit for the doubt. That would be funny. Like, don't worry about
1: telling Adrian. He's worthless.
0: But <laughs>
2: He's uh, all the way okay. at the
0: far gate. It's a long walk. Let's just leave him out of this one. Right. <laughs> those, those river gators. Leave him out.
1: He's just at the river gate. Leave him alone.
0: I don't even know if that's a gate. Is that a gate? I think it is. He's just
1: going to cause a problem anyways. He talks too much.
0: Um. That's it
1: for that section.
0: We're almost done here. I would rather obey a fine lion, much stronger than myself, than two hundred rats of my own species. It's a, Whoa! It's a quote from Voltaire. I brought that one out. Remember say, that from? That wasn't from the book. Wow. AP AP History. That's a twenty-year-old 20 memory. Um, <laughs> just these guys that they're having put that they're putting in charge are just—they're lame. Right Like. Pick somebody good, and I'm glad they did pick Torin. But like, what's the point of these? I was regents, gonna say all right. But well, yeah, but yeah. why with the Regents? Like, wh- what's the point? Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. But
1: yeah, they're worthless.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right,
1: setting to write the kingdom. Okay. Uh, first of all, Ghost Chase Killa. Oh yes. He has questions for each of us. Oh. Um. He says the new Wu Tang show is out. Who's your favorite member? I need to watch the new Wu-Tang show. It's on Hulu, I think. Um, and to be honest, the only reason I don't watch Hulu is I can't remember my login for it. So i got to iron that out. But I've heard great things about the Wu-Tang show. I loved Straight Outta Compton, which was the story of NWA. And uh, and I've heard great things about this, this show kind of chronicling the the rise of Wu-Tang Clan. My favorite member is uh, Raekwon. Yeah, you know him well, Scad. I'm sure. <laughs> I
0: mean, <laughs> I like the Crossroads.
1: Yes, as yes, you should. Um, it's Bone Thug Scad. Come dang on, dang it! This
0: is how much I know.
1: <laughs> uh, Rayquan, he's got a great album, solo album only built for Cuban Links. If you want to check out some of Rayquan, listeners, but um. I love his his vocal delivery, he's harsh, he's intense, and I like that about him. So, And then he asks, uh, not Raekwon, Ghost Chase Killa, asks Skad, I'm pretty sure I've heard you say Metallica is your favorite band. What's your favorite album
0: and song from them? Ride the Lightning, Fade to Black. Mm-hmm. Fade to Black, did I know that? I don't know, but it's by far huh. the best song. Not by okay. far. It's really good.
1: I like Fade to Black.
0: Sweet. Alright, All right, Scad. Setting to write the kingdom. His new hand began at once to tend to the business of the realm. He's got to do a hand job. There. Uh, good to be back question. Who is Cassandra Baratheon? you remember this one, Matt?
2: Yep.
0: Vaguely. The eldest daughter of Lady Alinda and Boros Baratheon maybe betrothed to two princes and i say maybe because we're not sure which one aemon was betrothed to he picked one but they don't tell uh-huh. you which one and she was betrothed to aegon the second later but she married neither one so she's now just kind of hanging out in king's landing and she's one of Daenerys' ladies i guess despite being like 25 years older than she is oh that's, that's rough a, it's a little weird she's that's kind rough. of a woman without a place
1: yeah, maybe just trying her best, maybe to stay, yeah. just like in the with the in crowd or something,
0: yeah, like hanging, hang, like grasping. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: We'll see how it goes for her in this summary here. Uh, so, just like another Northman inheriting a mess in Cregan Stark, Torin has to deal with all these stupid <laughs> captured conspirators. It would take him thirty-three friggin' days. Viserys was there the whole time for all the trials. Aegon only for the fates of Gareth Long, the guy he hated the beat Game on Pale hair, Septon Bernard, who I don't know why he cares, and Graceford, who I think he probably, uh, the torturer, who he probably blames for a lot of uh, what happened to Rowan, who I think he was pretty fond of. It seems, it should be said, that it seems that he held Rowan in pretty high esteem. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, the sentence is, I'll just make this brief, Graceford and Long chose the wall instead of execution, as did the fingers and most other gold cloaks, because there were a lot of them kind of tried. Uh, Bernard was gelded and sent walking barefoot to the starry sept with his cock and balls around the neck. Too much. And he made it. Too much. He made it, by the way, um, all that way. So Rowan couldn't make it to his keep, but this guy walked with his cock and balls all the way down to Old Town.
1: Sir I don't Risley want to know sh- what his cock and balls look like after he got there.
0: <laughs> Sir Victor Risley chose trial by combat, but a curious choice was made. They brought Gareth Long out, the guy that was just sentenced to go to the wall, and let him be the champion to face him. I <laughs> I guess when your life is forfeit, you can't say no? I it was weird. Like why why wouldn't Gareth just be like giving them the finger? Like, I'm not doing that. It's weird to Instead me. he's like
2: okay Uh,
0: okay. yeah and instead he handles it with relish it's very much like that yeah yeah he's He's like like, here we go and he and then he with with some moxie he turns to the crowd and says anyone else (laughs) (laughs) so are uh, you
1: not entertained are you not
0: entertained uh attendance to day and era uh, lucinda penrose and priscilla hogg both chose to serve the faith over having their noses cut off and Lady Cassandra, who I was just mentioning, once betrothed to uh, Aegon the Elder, was sentenced to marry an indistinguished lord in an indistinguished place on an indistinguished piece of land and care for his sixteen children. <laughs> oh. Which I'm <laughs> laughing, but I'm not impressed with that at all. That sucks. That's I mean. Six for her, man. She, she didn't deny any of this, but uh, the theory goes that she felt jealous, right, of Day and Era, this nine-year-old who got to be in the place she's in. But we don't really know uh-huh. much. But but shouldn't Day and Era get her own friends? Like, why is she surrounding herself with these people that were all fighting for her job? Like, <laughs> Priscilla and Lucinda were both people that were part of the the maiden's ball. I don't know. There's, I don't. It feels like this whole chapter is fraught with people that are like yeah you're around i guess you can stick here and stay and do whatever i guess just stay <laughs> yeah, yeah like, like <laughs> anyway so. yeah you're here anyway so you guys may have forgotten because it's been a little while in the episode by now but the rogue air brothers are still hanging out waiting to be tried <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not guilty of treason which is what they were kind of picked up for but they're still guilty of fraud and theft are they apparently though? maybe apparently I don't what? know. bull crap. Well, they're going to face trial anyway. More on that in a second. Yeah. The family in yeah. lease, I kind of hinted at this before, uh, was dealt with much more harshly. Their goods were taken, they were sold, uh, and then because selling those goods didn't even come close to covering the expenses that the collapse of the bank caused, uh, they were themselves and their children sold into slavery. Lysaro himself was sold back to lease, and when tried, pointed out those in the courtroom that he had bribed to explain where all the money went (laughs) that is missing then he was Mm -hmm. chained naked to a pillar and whipped by those whose ruin he had caused he expired after seven hours of whipping and his bones stayed there for three years Matt, the Lyseni do not fuck around nope Uh, but back to Westeros though because here's the kind of uh, the distinction in in the court systems little could be proven against lotho and rogerio note proof didn't mm-hmm. come into the deal at all for any of the others in lease mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. proof could not be given uh still they sentenced them uh lotho chose to lose his right hand instead of taking the black for the crime of theft uh so they kind of proved the crime of theft for him i guess maybe somehow Rogerio could only be proven of being a thrice-damned Lyseni, according to, according to Manderly. Gosh. And for that crime, he was given seven lashes. So literally, he did nothing wrong. Nope. According to nope. what they could prove. But he was whipped seven times. We're going to whip you anyways. But, oh but, my gosh. But he was given back his brothel, uh-huh. which he promptly sold. You sold everything in yes, it to make enough do. money, yep. as, as you would. Mm-hmm. Just like, I'm getting mm-hmm. out of here but yep. i know it sounds bad that he was whipped but at least he would have been sold as a slave
1: i feel you i feel you so
0: it's you know count your blessings a little bit maybe
1: um, yeah look at you looking on the bright side
0: it's just not i don't do it well so <laughs> look so these lyseni they took advantage of the situation they had good for them they had talent they used it they took some lumps they probably didn't deserve right through this court system but they turned this all into lemonade because Rogerio turns the sails of his brothel into a boat that he turned into a sailing brothel. And he sailed up mm-hmm. and down the narrow sea for the rest of his life, trading, you know, trading flesh and other wares, uh, and you know, probably having, you know, making a good career out of it. Lotho, for his part, went to Old Town and helped Lady Sam start the Old Town Bank. Yep. Moreto had sailed away. I haven't mentioned him yet. He'd sailed away before being captured and con- continued on to Bravos, where he got a loan to hire swords and ships for an attack on Lease. <laughs> we know that eventually he gets his brother's bones back, so maybe he's successful? Successful? Yeah. I didn't check World of Ice and Fire to find out if they cover that.
1: Um, I couldn't find it.
0: Yeah. So, um, anyway, so the brothers, you know, they're losing, they're missing some limbs and got some got some new uh, ugly marks on their body from the whip, of course. But, the, you know, they get out with their lives, I guess, and they're not all the, all that off the worst for it other than those, you know, the limbs and the whip marks and stuff. Um, poor Lara, too. Uh, she just kind of had to take it. Her fate really has been bound to Viserys ever since she was, like you said, Matt, probably forced to marry him. Um, mm-hmm. But perhaps the lone, quote-unquote, untouched roguer of the bunch, she wept when the sentence was handed down. And... You know, I just kind of feel for her. She's a woman that just kind of never fit in. Now her brothers are gone. She's got even less of a connection to this city that never embraced her. And, uh, you know, she's just kind of... I feel like she's just kind of a wife and mother that doesn't have any sort of reason for being. You don't get much about her and her relationship with Viserys and how much love there was. You know, and and certainly that can be enough for a woman for for anyone not just a woman for but you know love can be enough for anyone to make a decent life of it but i don't know i i pity her me too yep i've really found myself like at first i started out
1: <clears throat> before i knew much about the roguers i was like oh they're these devious these devious dudes coming in and trying to take things over then the first time i read the chapter i was like eh, i don't even care about these guys it went to apathy mm-hmm. then on subsequent reads I started feeling bad for him A little, little bit, bit.
2: <laughs> Yeah
0: At least the ones in Westeros I don't know Westeros. feeling bad
1: But just being like Being like Wait They didn't get a fair shake here This is stupid
0: Yeah We don't know yeah. how much they knew About the collapse of the bank And the whole plan and everything But for It doesn't sure. seem like they did Seems like they got mm-hmm. Yeah Yep A little bit All of right. a rough shake Um Scad
1: is there a PV you would not want to read in the last two books? A this is a question from Giselda. P O V, excuse me. <laughs> Giselda. Uh, at I am Giselda. It could be a character you can't stand or a character better left shrouded in mystery. So someone who you just like, you don't want to know their inner thoughts because you want to be left guessing or yeah. you just
0: hate them. I've given this answer before to a, to a similar question. Um, Howland Reed. Everyone's begging to 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 get Howland Reed, and I don't want him. I, I'd I'd rather that story came from the kids, uh, and I think they know. You don't it. want
1: him to even appear or to be a POV. Eh,
0: either I don't need him. Okay. Uh huh. I, I just feel like the kids can give it, and um. May, maybe this is me just trying to be a little edgy and controversial because I think everyone wants it, and I want to be counterculture. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't think we need it. Okay. What about
1: you? Hmm. Do we need it? Yeah, I'm separating needs and wants right now. And I'm in that camp that I'd love to see it. But yeah, you're right. I don't know that we necessarily need it to tell the story. Um, I could do without Victorion from here on out. <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of funny.
0: Like... Don't get me wrong. He's a lot of fun.
1: He's a lot of fun. (laughs) That's exactly it. So uh thank you for the question, Giselda. She's a longtime uh communicator with us too. We see her a lot on Twitter and stuff. Great blood rider. Um let's go to the Regency of Torin Manderly as we kind of wrap things up here, Scatty. Let's do it. Uh let's see. Torin Manderley I was worried be... about
0: content for this episode I needn't have worried oh my goodness yeah
1: <laughs> like three hours into this thing Torin Manderley proved to be an honest and able hand of whom it was rightly said that he was brusque and gluttonous but
0: fair good back to be good to be back question an easy one who is scad's favorite northern house known for its girth <laughs> yeah you know it Manderly. They're awesome.
1: Manderly.
0: By the way, brusque and gluttonous, but fair on my tombstone, please.
1: (laughs) You got it, buddy. (laughs) They, they always seem to just be like, they're seen as like these, you know, brusque and gluttonous, but capable. Yeah. Right. They get the job done. Um, (sighs) Torrin Manderly, as the quote said, was a good hand. These three regent guys, they were just a formality. They didn't do anything. They sat in the council chambers and played, I don't know, Minecraft on the castle Xboxes or something. I'll be they didn't do anything. Um, yeah, Torin Manderly ran things. Uh, however, as good as he was as a hand, Aegon never seemed to... To warm up to him, and Manderly, he's not the type that's going to abide kids like this. It seems like, and he just thought of Aegon as a sullen boy. But um, nevertheless, he was able to do a lot of good things. They, he, with Isambard Aaron, enacted some major tax reform that apparently did some good. You know, they filled out the Kingsguard. He one big thing that he did was he was able to undo the pact. The, the very lopsided agreement that Alan Valerion negotiated with House Roguer uh, when he got Viserys back. Um, Torn was able to do this uh, because he argued that the agreement was made with House Roguer, not with lease in and of itself, but with that specific house. And since House Roguer is virtually gone, that— now the agreement no longer has to be honored. Right? Yeah,
0: it's pretty brilliant. Uh, I wonder how much of it was already paid. They had agreed to pay 100,000 golden dragons. Right. Um, I think over they said over 10 years. So, yeah, I mean, maybe they saved maybe you saved 90,000 golden dragons. That's pretty impressive. I mean, paid, paid for the economy right there. Um, yeah, good job. I, maybe they can now dissolve the wedding. Maybe that's part of it too. They could fight Lease if they want. That was part of the contract: is that they weren't allowed to open enter war with Lease. and they were they had to honor the wedding, the the, the marriage of Viserys and, and Lara.
1: So like, there's just a world of possibilities. Yeah, there. yeah. Uh, one appointment that made me chuckle was they named a Maester
0: Maester Roly as the Lord Confessor. Absolutely, it is uh, interesting. I but it, it's kind of, if you think about it in a twist way it's exactly the guy you want for the job makes sense you, yeah you want it's like politics the guy you want for the job is the guy that wants nothing to do with it because otherwise is, any anyone doing torture because they enjoy torture is going to do it for the wrong reasons like graceford yeah and same with you know politics right if you're in it for nobody's in politics for the right reasons you get the wrong people
1: I mean, Jack Bauer didn't like torturing all those people. That's for sure.
0: Is that a, that's a twenty-four reference? Yeah.
1: All right. I watched the first season. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's tie up some of these loose some of these ends here. So, right. Lara Roguer who we've talked about, she has another kid, um, who they named Amon. Like we mentioned at the top of the program. Aegon, who's, like, two years old at this point, is already knocking little baby Aemon around, and they have to, like, separate him. They have to, like, keep an eye on little two-year-old Aegon so he doesn't kill his baby brother.
0: Yeah.
2: This um,
1: Aemon
0: is the future Dragon Knight, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, Aemon the Dragon Knight. Uh, Alan Oakenfist departs in another voyage. He's going to Old Volantis, hopefully to recover his fortune. He leaves Bela at home pregnant. And then... This is great. So Torin Manderly is like, you know what we need to do? We need to get Aegon outside of the kingdom. Let's or outside of the the palace. Let's get him on a royal progress. This is gonna be like the biggest royal progress. Uh, that the realm has seen in, in like over a century. This thing's gonna be awesome for him. He's gonna get out there, he's gonna be able to see the lands that he rules. He's a good looking kid, he'll be able to show his handsome self off. He's gonna get out of the castle and live a little, he'll learn how to hawk, how to hunt, you know, drink alcohol, just do all these things basically. Um and so they're planning this whole big progress for him to make from the north all the way down to the reach. He's going to visit everywhere. Before they want to do that, they are going to celebrate his 16th birthday and they are going to celebrate in style. I don't know why Aegon doesn't like Torrin Manderly because he's throwing him <laughs> the birthday party of the century. They're prepped to the nines for this thing.
0: Because he doesn't plans, want crowds, Matt.
1: Because he doesn't want it,
0: yeah. <laughs> he's like, I don't. I don't I mean,
2: want
0: that. I, I never want that. I mean, really, it's a summary for the whole thing. Man, you read the fucking room, dude. Like, You're saying all these great things, and you're not wrong. If Aegon were the type of person to actually do any of those things, hawking and hunting and dancing, and uh, he's not going to do any of that stuff. He barely comes out of his room. And he's like, trying to force him into doing it. Like, He
1: can just get out there. He'll like it. He just needs to try. Living a fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this part's great. As they're making these plans, all of a sudden, knock on the door of the council chambers, open it up, and it is Aegon. King Aegon, who never comes to council. He's accompanied by four knights of the Kingsguard and Sandok the Shadow. And, uh, Lord Manderly, King Aegon says, pray tell me how old I am if you'd be so good. Manderly replies you're six and ten we're we can turn the kingdom over to you now you're old enough now to to run the kingdom and aegon says well you're sitting in my chair <laughs> what is with aegon do it this is great um they, and uh so like Torren's like weirded out but he gets up out of the chair and everything and he's like well we we're talking about your progress there will be no progress, Aegon says. I will not spend a year upon a horse, sleeping in strange beds and trading empty courtesies with drunken lords, half of whom would gladly see me dead if it gained them a groat. If any man requires words with me, he will find me on the Iron Throne. <laughs> Torn man really is like, WTF? He's like, but this progress would, would do much and more to win you the love of the small folk. This is great. He replies, I mean to give the small folk peace and food and justice. If that will not suffice to win their love, let mushroom make a progress. Or perhaps we might send a dancing bear. Someone told me that the commons love nothing half so much as dancing bears. <laughs> he goes, Oh, and by the way, Bread and Circus you, you may call a halt to this feast tonight as well his birthday party send the lords home to their own keeps and give the food to the hungry full bellies and dancing bears shall be my policy and then he dismisses the regents and uh then nenderly says will your grace have need of a hand a king should have a hand of his own choosing you served me well no doubt as you served my mother before me but it was my lords who chose you you may return to white harbor ouch so he uh he dismisses lord manderley and
0: that is uh that's actually about it that's where things end man i swear full bellies and dancing bears would have been the winning slogan at at tonight's primary if someone had used it i mean (laughs) you can't argue with it right make people happy make sure they can eat make people happy and that they're taken care of sometimes it really does it's not a bad idea yeah I, lo- that's I love not that a bad idea. Aegon lets all the work get done. Right? Like, all these people come into town to help <laughs> he plan. He just like, lets it all happen. And he's like, no, that's, we're not doing it. Like, they've spent so much time and energy. He's just like, nah. Like, he could have told them weeks ago, like, I, when I'm turned 16, I'm not doing this and save them all a lot of time. Uh huh. And he's just like, no, nah, nah, I'm going to let them. Whatever. I don't care. It's so true,
1: man. Um, what do you think of him dismissing Warren? Do we like that?
0: Who's it? I can't even remember who he picks in his place now. Um, uh, yeah, I like it. Uh, he doesn't. They don't. They don't really get along. They're different. They're different people. Different styles. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. The I want way my he, own guy. The way he does it is mean. Like, you know, the fact that he did it is not a problem, but. Uh, Torn torn. I think it says at the end of the text, Torn has now been made an enemy. Put a pin in that, right. I guess. like, is that gonna come back to bite his ass somehow? I don't I don't know. we
1: don't we don't have any
0: story of that yet.
1: yeah, but yeah, King Aegon Fire and blood in fifteen enemy years from
0: now, guys. look forward to it. yeah. Look for it, guys. yep.
1: um let's just slide right into Aegon's later years then. We don't know much. Uh, yeah, so Skad and I turned to the world of Ice and Fire to kind of get the last few years of Aegon's reign and kind of button this up because we're at the end of Fire and Blood now, so it's not like next chapter is going to cover it. This is this is it, and the world of Ice and Fire has like two pages after this on what happens. Uh, probably the most poignant quote is, "It was a broken reign that followed, for Aegon himself was broken." Mm. Yep, and it kind of it kind of makes the point that Aegon and he kind of shows a little moxie here and also a little wisdom with the dancing bears and the and the food. uh, That he was it says he ably dealt with the remaining turmoil in the realm, and that he strove for peace. Like he, it sounds like he made kind of an effort to be a good king, but the problem was is. Just because of his natural kind of cold demeanor, no one liked him, and he didn't seem to care whether people liked him or not. It's yeah, like a, I got a job to do, and I'm going to do it. Yeah, and that was it. He was unwilling to court his own people. It says,
0: yeah, there's there's and a that's lot of part of, of
1: Go ahead. Him, right is that public relations part of it is getting people to like you.
0: Without getting too deep, I mean, there there's there's a lot of people that. Um... They fall into their lives, they get their role situated, they learn what they have to do, and they hammer it away hammer away at that life for years. And uh-huh. it can almost barely be called living, but it's what they do and what they have to do. Um, and I get that impression with him as like, well. This is my job. Uh, I care to do a good job enough, but right. I'm, I'm not going to be good. I'm not going to be great at it. I don't have the charisma much like stannis he's he's not charismatic enough to deal with the public he needs he Uh needs a handler right and so he gets viserys with him to to help you know divvy up the work a little bit but you know i think he's just kind of all right here i am get up do my thing i guess Yep. don't take my objective joy in it Yep. i owe it to them okay
1: and then he goes back to bed Yeah, uh, and does it again the next day. It says that Queen Daenerys grew up to be a beautiful woman. And after she was old enough, he was, even after she was old enough to, for them to start doing their thing as husband and wife, he was long in calling her to his bed. He just wasn't interested in these things.
2: Yeah. Uh, but they
1: did end up having five kids together, two sons, three daughters. Uh, let's see. One interesting thing about Aegon, they called him the Dragon Bane, right? Because yes. the last Targaryen dragon died during his reign, which is interesting to me actually. Because who was that? Was that Mourning? Was Morning? Was it Silverwing? or
0: Silverwing or Sheepstealer? And um... They said Sheepstealer was never seen again. Yep. But we don't yeah, we don't know when they're kind of assuming, right? Uh
1: huh. The... you've also still got cannibal
0: oh and cannibal right
1: yeah so it's like morning is the known one morning is there at dragonstone or
2: whatever ended,
1: ended yeah up there. I,
0: I mean I always kind of assumed we'd just get more of this in fire and blood 2 somehow to like kind of finalize this but I assume you get reports of the other dragons demise somehow Uh, but maybe they yeah. just use like nobody wing sees them anymore like still... so we assume they're dead
1: Silverwing's still out there in the Reach. I can't remember exactly where Silverwing is. She's but a, Silverwing's like at Red Lake. Out there on an island, right?
0: Yeah, an island in the okay. middle of Red Lake, supposedly.
2: Uh huh.
0: I wanted to build a, so a quick D anD D adventure around going to Red Lake in that universe, that'd be fun. Anyway,
1: there you go. But uh, Aegon did go through this this point where he became convinced, even though he hated dragons uh, due to what he'd witnessed as a child with his mother being killed right in front of him by sunfire, he was convinced that, it says in the text, convinced dragons would cow those who sought to oppose him. So he recognized the death starness yeah. of the dragons.
0: Just like another um, Aegon. And so he attempted to
1: to grow some more. Sent for nine associate mages to kindle a clutch of eggs. Failed by other Aegon. You're referring to? Uh,
0: Aegon the Fifth. Egg.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. His namesake later on. Um, he tries to burn down the all... palace
0: to get them to hatch. And uh, doesn't. Go this well.
1: guy just sends for some associate mages.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. They fail at kindling a clutch of eggs, and and basically they're they're not able to. To do it, and the last dragon, as it says, dies in one fifty three AC.
0: Which Aegon is still, himself, uh, what 18, 16 years away, or something. Yeah, sixteen years. Mm-hmm. Aegon himself
1: dies at age thirty six. Made it longer than I thought he
0: would actually.
1: Right. Yep. And and people thought he was much older than than he was when he died.
0: This thing smacks, to me, though, of poison again.
1: Consumption is the reason given. Yeah. Well, you
0: don't ever hear that he likes drink. Right. Ever. Exactly. I don't think you ever even read him drinking anything. And you kind of, that sentence that you just read about people felt like he was much older. I think eventually the realm just got tired of his rule. Like, not that it was damaging, but it was just uninspiring. And eventually they're just like, yeah, it's just poison. <laughs> you know? Could be, man. Let's see, let's see what you know, there's a saying in football that the backup quarterback is the most popular person on the team because they mm. never get to play and there's this potential in them that like you don't know what you have. And it's like, right. well, Viserys is on the bench. Let's bring him in. You know? Like. Anyway. Yeah.
1: He could have been a contender though, Scad. That's what's kind of uh tragic about the story of Aegon the third rankling you he, he uh, had these moments of yeah where he showed that he could have been something you know
0: yeah a cautionary tale to um you know scarring your children yep i mean he, he was damaged goods from a very young age and you know it's also kind of maybe a testament i don't know whether george is doing this really deliberately or not but you know People are not. People are not characters. They're not. Uh, they're not flat. They're not static. They have ups mm-hmm. and downs. Um, depression, itself. Um, people put a brave face on it, um, and sometimes you can't see it all. With him, you can see it most of the time, but he has bouts where he can kind of overcome it, right? Um, things that make him smile. Companionship that that gives him meaning in pockets uh dennis leary has um a phrase in his comedy album no cure for cancer in which he says happy happy nobody's happy happiness is a chocolate chip cookie or a 10 second orgasm um (laughs) you know you you have to you have to embrace the happiness when you find it and you um, find it uh, those were that was my loose translation they're not his but um you have to embrace it when you find it, and I don't think Aegon found it very often and couldn't right. hold on to it for very long when he did.
1: And that's a true casualty, right? That's one of the true casualties behind the Dance of the Dragons, right? The The effects of that period went so far beyond like the body count, you mm-hmm. know?
0: And how many a... young kids in pot shops and on the streets and whatever that, that dealt with the grip of war... Um, does Aegon represent?
1: Yep. As well. That whole generation. Yep. Who had to grow up yep. in the the aftermath of that terrible time? But yeah, definitely a sad a sad tale. Uh, but there we are. There we are. That's it. That's it, right? Do we want to do Ginny's question real quick? We've done all the rest of them.
0: I think we had one more too. Well, the last of. one.
2: <laughs> uh yeah we'll jenny's, jenny's
0: question let's, take
1: them both in. let's let's do it here so we cover them all you guys you've been with us for like three hours now let's do a little more um where are we here we are she says you've both been guesting on a, another awesome podcast also hosted by a couple of wonderful people who are real life friends just like you are did that inspire you to maybe have guests on your future episodes or at least some episodes In the same vein, I've read you and heard you say it many times that you love the contributions of non-content-creating members of the Kalisar to the discussion. Would you like to have that kind of guest on whatever venture you can think of for the future of Davos Fingers?
0: I'm going to let you answer this one. Yes, (laughs) sure.
1: (laughs) Here's the thing. I think we've said it before. We don't have very many guests on our show, not because we don't want to have guests. We love the Kallisar and we love talking to you. But we, Scott and I both, and this is what makes us, one of the things that makes us great together, is we both love our routine. And uh, it's not even for, like, we don't even talk about, well, we don't want to have guests on our show, right? We've never once said that. But we've never really made the effort to We've said we'd like to. Yeah, but we've never actually made that effort to invite people uh to be on the show yeah and i suppose that that's just you know just something we haven't really done would we like to have guests on the show sure yeah there's so many great people out there you mentioned the non-content creators and and to me we're all just fans right and and that's where it's it's fun to recognize that yeah you've got some of these other podcast hosts out there that are brilliant minds and have so much good to say but I have heard equally brilliant things from people that don't have a podcast that don't have a blog that are just commenting on a, a Twitter, on a tweet or a Facebook post or something and say something absolutely mind bendingly brilliant. So I would be open to, to having anyone and everyone on for me. Um, and I promise, sorry, Scott, I'm dominating this, but I'll, I'll switch it over to you in just a sec. But to me, the, the criteria for being on, on a Davos Fingers episode wouldn't be your you know what Reddit art things you've written or what theories you have or what kind of knowledge you have of the fandom or whatever. it just be like if you're cool and you want to hang out with us and you want to have a good time talking to us, then yeah, we'd love to have you on the show. And maybe that seems too loosey goosey, but to me that's that's what I want. That's what Davos Fingers is and so love it. I'd love it. What
0: do you think, buddy? Uh yep. Uh, we, so we we have talked about it. Matt actually proposed that we start bringing guests on um, sometime in the spring, and mm. I was kind of all on board. But it was it was kind of in a weird position. I think when we we're switching over to Fire and Blood, or I don't remember exactly. It didn't it, something about the stuff we were covering we didn't think made sense at the time. And then Take then off, we got yeah. close to the break, and we're like, well, we don't want to start doing it right before the break, and then. So I think I think we will start doing it. Um to me there's it's more than just what Matt said. There are also we live uh in a time zone that's not very convenient for people. We also record at a time that is not very convenient for people, um, because we don't want to miss out on our family time. Um Guys, it's 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 one o'clock in the morning, Friday morning. Like For us. We're, that's
1: we're three AM Eastern. So we're going to work in six hours. Like <laughs>
0: Uh, although uh, Virginia's good. in Tonga, I don't I don't know uh, what time it is there. Ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the yeah. point is, uh, we have logistical reasons too, um, but I think uh, yeah, we definitely yeah. want to. We definitely want to start doing it. Yep. Because um, we love y'all. Yeah. Although we will have to be a little bit more selective than if any of you want to, because that would get on. Right. I get it. <laughs> I get it but you know what I mean yes I know what it's you mean. like the sentiment is the same is right yeah
1: you don't have to have yeah. had this long list of accomplishments to be on a Davos fingertips, and I'm not saying that other podcasts do that right but <laughs> just for us that that's I, we just want to hang so but yes we would have to be a little selective the other logistical thing is like bringing like microphone you know when they record with us yeah do they have a microphone that they can use and all those things. None of this should be stopping us, but no. So, inertia. Here sense. We are New. the last the last question came from uh, Mondo Shawan, who we talk with a lot on Twitter, and our and our good pal Aaron Motes, they both sent us uh, office gifts or gifts from the show The Office. And they were all basically along the lines of Michael Scott saying, Why are you the way that you are?
0: Why are you the way that you are, Matt? This can be our sign-off, could it? Should it be? It's probably. Unless you've got something for your sign-off. Why am I... I,
1: You know, I kind of don't. And I'm trying to think of a clever answer to why I am the way that I
0: am. Well, I can give you mine. Uh, okay. I thought about this a little bit, and uh, I thought of I thought of my Shakespeare, which I do at times... All the world's a stage Uh and all the men and women merely players, performers and portrayers, each another's audience. Uh, I am not but the world, what the world made me really, right? Um, Reacting to what the world has given, uh, been very generous to me. And that's, that's what made me what I am. And uh, that's what we are, right? It's kind of comforting to think of it that way a little bit that we are in a way like what we're meant to be up like what yeah, like
1: yeah
0: what the world has brought us to
1: hmm. yep I am the way that I am because yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of my dad I'm thinking of my mom I'm thinking yeah. of my friends and and that's that's really what we are so you guys are a part of that you're part of the reason that davos fingers is the way that it is and uh why we keep doing this so it's good to be back scad this was fun
0: it was great i'm super excited to be back hey. that was that was a much fuller episode than i expected given the amount of content we had
1: holy crap dude yep my voice is starting to go yeah i'm tired that's the sign of a good episode
0: i gotta go do some work right. now. yep <laughs> oh my gosh yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good night, my friend. Good night, man. Check you next time, Kalasar.
0: Bye. Nice episode title, by the way. It's trolling a little bit.
1: A little bit. <laughs> a little bit.
0: I will be in New York then. Oh, for what? billy joel you're going to new york to see billy joel
1: yep madison
0: Wait, square garden didn't he come here and you were like nah not interested
1: didn't that I've happen like here. a few years ago no oh.
0: i've i've seen him here before but it's madison square garden it's in his homeland it is but isn't it now for him isn't that just ho-hum
1: yeah he just, I mean, like, calls them up at Yeah, 10:00. he just wanders that in. He's
0: like, I'm going to do a show tonight. A hard night of drinking. He wanders in at at 6 uh, at, at p.m. He's like, hey, did we set up for a show tonight? Ah, fuck it. We'll just do it a cappella. And he just goes through his song, just his yeah. catalog of hits. Yeah, yeah. Maybe plays one or two deep cuts. I'm only going to sing Italian scenes from an Italian restaurant tonight. But I'm going to sing it in five different ways.
1: <laughs> did you like... Um the qb one what's it
0: called the last chance you uh i like last chance you yeah it's a little weird uh i don't i can't really put my finger on why i like it so much because um, most of the people on the show just piss me off um but <laughs> but but there's something they're all underdogs right and so there's something something to rooting for them even though you shake your head at them a lot of the time Last Chance U, for those that don't know, is about a bunch of players that are, uh, they kind of failed out at their first chance at playing college football, and they're at, it's called Last Chance U because they're kind of at their last chance. They're going to a community college to kind of get their grades back up or uh, spend some time at a different level while they uh, repent, if you will, for crimes or things that they've done poorly at their university. Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And so they're trying to kind of work their way back toward the big leagues so they can still fulfill their dream of making to the NFL which you know so few do and all these kids like you can see it when you interview them they all think they're still getting there and you're like you're in podunk Kansas playing nobody's, and you're barely playing you're Mm -hmm. not gonna make it and maybe focus on those grades a little bit uh, none of them none of them seem to see the writing on the wall it's pretty it's pretty frustrating and sad to watch but also kind of you're pulling for them Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, it's weird. Uh... I watched, or
1: I started watching, a great series that I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, The
0: Boys on Amazon Prime. Oh, I've seen banners and stuff for it, but I haven't. I haven't tried it. I am intrigued. I'm two episodes
1: in is all, and there's one season, I think. Uh, But I'm quite intrigued. I'm really enjoying it. Um it's
0: about it's comic booky, right? It's based on a comic yeah, it's, a,
1: it's a world where superheroes exist. Um and those superheroes have kind of been corporatized. There's oh. a- agencies out there that recruit superheroes. And make money off them via making movies or uh, They'll set up a contract with a city to have exclusive rights to a superhero type thing and all of these superheroes It's definitely a commentary. It's a commentary on two ways in two ways of of definitely the MCU Although some of the characters more closely resemble DC comic characters Um, good combinations of both but kind of that idea where, you know, all the Avengers are, they're flawed characters, but they're all good at heart. Yeah. And this kind of explores, you know, what if these superheroes were superheroes, but they weren't exactly pure of heart?
0: Mm -hmm. Kind of like Watchmen. Have you seen, have you read Watchmen?
1: Sure. Yeah. It's, it's got a very similar feel to, to Watchmen. Mm. Um, and, and I found it, I found it fascinating. There's not a lot of uh, star power, at least that this ignor Ignoramus, recognizes Uh, the most recognizable guy I've seen in it is Carl Urban and he's he does great Um, Simon Pegg Simon Pegg kind of plays a a minor minor so far role Um, but I've really enjoyed kind of the the tongue-in-cheek blast they're taking at them at Disney and Marvel and stuff like that while they're actually putting together a really good and uh, compelling storyline at the same time cool and i love the marvel movies but they definitely are taking shots at disney and stuff
0: i did get in on the disney plus deal i don't know if you heard about that they were giving like discounted subscriptions for yeah. the first three years i get in on that so i'm excited for the uh-huh. mandalorian among other things
1: oh my gosh that mandalorian looks
0: amazing yeah, I'm pretty excited.
1: i was like on the fence about it till i saw that freaking trailer dude and now
0: oh my gosh <laughs>
1: IG 88. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. I, there's. We'll get to some. We have a Star Wars question later, and maybe we can come back to this. <laughs>